0: Lost Hope Radio. <coughs>
1: Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete on Tuesday, October the 5th, 2010. Well, the Yankees are in the playoffs. No shocker there. And the ALDS is about to get underway tomorrow night. We will go all around baseball, talk about the Yankees and the Twins and their ALDS matchup and all the other matchups in baseball. And the Mets are not in the playoffs, decidedly. But they did make big news yesterday by getting rid of Omar and Jerry. We will talk all about the mess and where they go from here in the big unload. And of course, this football will talk as the Giants had a very big win against the Bears at home with 10 sacks. We'll talk about the Giants getting off the mat against the Bears. And the Jets did not fall into the act bar; They did not fall into the trap. They beat the Bills handily. We'll talk football with the Jets and Giants. And of course, the RTU fun load tonight, which is going to be about the DVR. Perhaps the greatest invention of the, the aughts. What is the etiquette for when you're DVRing a game? We'll talk about that in the fun load. Plus, we'll have Dave Rutley from ffadvisor.com. And we'll have the Swami with his picks. Plus, your calls, 424-220-1817. It is Tuesday night. It's 9 p.m. We are Callum Sampede. We are ready to unload. And welcome to the show. And uh, let's get right to it here on October the fifth, two thousand and ten. And let me welcome in my co-host, my partner in crime, the Big C, the Big Ragu, the Cal State Fullerton, the Cal to my Neva, Mr. Brian Calvi. How are you, Brian? I'm good, Steve.
2: I'm yeah. real good. Welcome aboard, pal. How was your week? Uh, my week was good. Fast. Very fast. Seemed like we were just here, no? Seems like we were just here for sure. And did
1: you notice how I introduced you as Mr. Brian Calvey? I did. I appreciate the respect. Isn't that wild, though, that it's like the band introduction. Like, I was in a band for a long time, and any time you introduce the other members of the band, you have to say, Mr. Like, on the drums, Mr. Brian Calvey. Right. People do this. I think there's a stand-up routine about it. But anyway, Mr. Brian Calvey, welcome to the show. And let's welcome in Mr. Dr. Ray That. Evan Raymond Eisenberg. Ev, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: We are doing excellent. Welcome to the now, show, Evan Eisenberg. Of course, our lead statistician, our producer, our, our Baba Bui, as it was. Dr. Iray. how was your week, pal?
3: Pretty good. Now, quick question. Hasn't uh, Cal Neva earned Sir status yet?
1: He's, he has not officially been knighted, but no. um, and we'll do that in a small uh, dignified ceremony when we hit our year anniversary episode. Will Elton John be there? Of course he will. All the knights, all the knights, uh, Sir Paul McCartney.
2: Great.
1: Sir Ian Uh McCallan will be there. Uh, There will be a lot of knights there.
2: Sir Sir Mix a lot. Sir Mix a
1: lot. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. We have a ton to talk about tonight on a rare night, Cal, when there's nothing going on in the majors. The four majors are all off tonight. Yeah, it's weird, huh? Uh, you have some preseason games in the, uh, in, in the NHL and stuff like that, but no regular season action tonight. It's like the day before the All-Star game,
2: but it's the day before the playoffs. Right, and, and, yeah, and around these parts, that means that the Yankees start their season, basically, now. Correct, and the Mets do not. No, no, they but don't.
1: This is, so let's get right to it, Cal. We wanted to talk about this in the Big Unload tonight. The Mets clean house. I'm going to let you go ahead on this because I know you have a ton to say. We have a ton to say. Uh, But yesterday, of course, the Mets and uh, uh, father and son, Freddie and Jeff, the Wilpon boys, holding a, a press conference yesterday to announce that Omar Minaya and Jerry Manuel would not be back with the club next year. Pretty much not a surprise at all, Cal. I mean... You know, John Heyman supposedly broke this story last week that they were going to be either reassigned or let go.
2: Right. In related news, I broke the story that the sun is coming up tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> me and John Heyman are breaking news. That's what I said about Heyman. I was like, ooh,
1: way to break something. Now, if you tell me who they're going to hire last Friday, now that's a breaking story. But, right. you know, I said at the time it was kind of like saying Rex Ryan's going to say something controversial this year. Breaking <laughs> news, everybody. Cannonball. <laughs> yeah fresh off the wire, but uh, Cal, they had a press conference, and, and it was a rare moment where Fred and Jeff, the willpons, seemed to be somewhat
2: human. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a little bit of a break from the way that they've operated in the past. They've always come across as a little out of touch with their fan base, a lot arrogant, um, a lot of throwing people under the bus and not really taking responsibility for the problem. And now they've been through a lot over the last few years. So they haven't, in my mind, they've lost a little bit of my benefit of the doubt, but they took the right first step yesterday in, uh, in coming forward as a United front. Very rare to see Fred Wilpon these days. Usually you just see Jeff Wilpon speak this time. You saw Fred and you really got the sense from Fred that this, this is affecting him on more of a level that a fan would understand. Yeah, I think I
1: got that feeling too, Cal. I mean, I felt like this was a weird thing for a Met fan to watch because we have been told so often uh, in the last few years that Fred is in the background, Fred Wilpon, and Jeff is running the day-to-day, and it's Jeff's team, and and Fred really seemed to be like a disassociated owner. Right. You know, And and all you you heard about from Fred to me in the last few years was the building of Citi Field. And how it was going to be his monument to Ebbets Field because well. he played with Sandy Koufax at Lafayette High School. Right. Uh, so that's really all the, the input to me that Fred has had. And you had these two guys giving interviews everywhere. I mean, I, I think one of them sat down with Oprah. I mean, they were, they were, you know, they were giving <laughs> interviews to everybody. I'm surprised we didn't get one. We tried. But uh, you had them really humanizing themselves and putting a face on the failure and that's something that that the Wilpons have been reluctant to do in the past put a face put their face to the failure and uh, we want to open the phone lines on this we're talking about the mets clearing house the number to call 424 220 1817 to chime in about the mets uh, and their and their house cleaning now now cal you you said that they came off as genuine you felt they came off as genuine but that's the smaller question the bigger question is one of the things that they were asked is would they be open to changing the culture of the organization? There was an interesting thing that Joel Sherman wrote today, Cal, where he said uh, in the New York Daily News, where he said that – Oh,
0: he's the Post.
1: Or the Post, thank you. Uh, sorry, the New York Post, where Joel Sherman, who is ultra and uber critical of the Mets, but well, one thing he said that made sense was if, if a GM candidate comes in and is rosy and paints a rosy picture like it's going to get fixed in a week – he should be out of consideration immediately.
2: That's right. And, and that was one of the things that the Will Wilpons talked about yesterday in the press conference was the candidates that they were planning on bringing in. And they, they kind of, you know, he pretty much left it open for the gamut of, of candidates from those who are older and have had more experience to, uh, to those that are currently working right now, maybe a little bit younger, but are general managers in the league or, or high-ranking executives, and then um, talking about up-and-coming guys, you know, guys that maybe are looking for a shot. And they, they really – Jeff Wilpon really took the approach of of leaving no stone unturned in their search. They're going to listen to everything. And that, that, was, that was kind of what I got out of yesterday's press conference. And then also Jeff Wilpon was on the radio this morning on WFAN here in New York um, talking about they're going to listen. They're going to be doing a lot of listening during this process because – they need to know – they've they got to change the direction of the team. They've got to change the culture. They need a new voice. And they're going to do a lot of listening as they try to hire a new GM right now.
1: Yeah, but Cal, how much did it stand out? A couple things stood out to me, especially I, I was able to listen to Jeff Wilpon this morning on with Boomer and Carton here in New York. And Jeff comes off – I call him Jeff like we're boys. but Well, you call him Jeffy. Yeah, I do call him Jeffy often. Uh, like we're super boys, like we've been boys for years and went to prep school together. No, exactly. Jeff – but Jeff – Wilpon often comes off as smug or arrogant or sort of, I mean, it's just his voice and in his mannerisms. It's, and just,
2: the, it's just the tone of his voice, actually.
1: Exactly. kind of his biggest curse. But listening to him this morning, Cal, there's a couple things you have to take them to task for. One of them is, we've heard this song and dance before. Now, maybe we've not heard it as sincere uh, or as sincerely put as they did right. uh, in the last two days, but we've heard this song and dance before. Well, okay. and, and, and their history and track record of hiring GMs is awful, awful. I mean, you, you have the Steve Phillips, you have the Al Harrisons, you have, you know, uh, these are the guys who wanted Art Howe because he lit up the room. I mean, right. their history of hiring both executives and when they have a hand in managers is awful. So, Cal, I don't know if I trust them just because the losing hurts them, and I get that it does. I don't know if I trust them to pick out a tie for me in the
2: morning let alone pick out, you know, the next GM of the organization. Well, I agree with you, Steve. I don't, I don't actually trust them right now, but we have nothing to go on as, as fans or as, you know, as Dave Howard likes to call us, customers, <laughs> you know, we have, yeah. we, have not, we have nothing to go on other than their words right now. And like I said, they've lost the benefit of the doubt with me, so I'm, I'm going to have a very skeptical eye towards this entire process and everything that they're saying. That being said, <laughs> trademark. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I, I feel better listening to them. They, they have said these things in the past and, it, but it's a little bit different this time. They seem to be taking a little bit more accountability as owners rather than putting the, the, the accountability on those who fail. Okay. but uh, And that's fair. I understand that. Like I said, a face
1: to the failure and for the first time, I think genuinely that face is the Wilpons. But, Cal, the thing that, that's haunting me is that you talked about accountability and you talked about, uh, you talk about the Wilpons seemingly that it, it seeming to take uh, responsibility for the mess that they've created. The only way that culture gets changed – see, it, it's such a situation where you have no idea what's going to happen because you don't trust them to pick the next guy. They have a miserable track record of picking guys that are accountable. So it's like a complete catch-22. I don't trust that they're going to pick the right guy, and the only way I'm ever going to trust that they pick the
2: right guy is if
1: they pick the right guy.
2: Yeah, and you just keep going around in circles. Exactly.
1: The only way the culture changes is if they make this pick of the GM. Maybe the most important, and perhaps I'm overstating it a bit, but I don't care. Maybe the most, perhaps the most important decision in Met front office history, is coming up. Well, because certainly certainly within the last, you know, 20 years. I would say, because I feel like this organization, with the situation salary-wise in baseball, where their payroll has been for the last five or six years, I mean, you're talking about close to, a, what, a billion or five, 000, uh, dollars or $750,000 million spent on this team. And with the current economics of baseball and where baseball is going, the haves and the have-nots, Never has
2: it been more important for the Mets to get this right. Oh yeah. No, this is this is this is the big one. This is not, you know, and and I think they're doing the right thing, Steve, by going outside the organization. Yes. They, no, they haven't they haven't done that in 30 years since they brought Frank Cashin in. Right. No, okay? I totally agree.
1: And and in you know, let's not forget that the Wilpons were not alone when they brought Frank
2: Cashin in. No they were co-owners of the team with uh, Nelson Doubleday. Right, but that was, that was actually the first big move that they made when they bought the team, was bringing in Frank Cashin.
1: Right, but double, was Doubleday not still an owner then? Or a Dub-
2: owner? Oh, yeah, Doubleday was definitely an owner.
1: So, I mean, Doubleday had to have some... Well, regardless, the, the situation is now, I think, they, I think they are sitting in this Catch-22. Right. I think they're sitting in this Catch-22 where nobody no, their fan base or their paying customer does not trust them to make the decision, which is fine, but they need to make the decision that is going to make the customer trust them again. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a difficult spot. Now, Cal, and, and again, the phone lines are open on this, folks. We'd love to hear from you about them. That's 424-220-1817. Um, Cal, another thing that they talked about a great deal of Will ponds in these uh, and, and we have plenty of time, Cal, to get
2: to who the next GM is going to be. Yeah, they're not going to hire somebody tomorrow, and no. nor nor should they. They need to do their due diligence here, and they need to go through that list of thirty candidates that they were talking about yesterday. Right. Well, supposedly they got that down to, to uh, that
1: down though to about eight or nine. Right. So it started at like thirty-two, and now it's down to eight or nine, which is a, a manageable number. Let's not bring in
2: everybody who's ever scouted a player. <laughs> But uh, what, what about if you're a fantasy GM? Do you qualify? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. No, I I would qualify. Hey,
1: we should bring Dr. Eray in. I mean, he just won our Dr. fantasy he- league.
2: That's right. He's a he's a fantasy champion general manager. Dr. Ray, are you interested in the Mets job? Yes.
1: Can we can we talk you into taking over the Metropolitan's? Maybe you can go get Kendrick Morales.
3: For the right price, I'd be I'd be interested to hear them. Hear what they have to say, of
1: course. <laughs> That's it. You heard it here first, folks. A guy with no experience who has never done this for a living needs to get the right price out of the Mets. That's how valuable and coveted that job is.
2: Now, I, you know, let, let's segue. That's a, good, that's a good point when Dr. Riri talks about price because yeah. a, lot, a lot has been made about the Bernie Madoff situation. Oh, big time, big time, yeah. And one of, one of the more poignant moments of the press conference yesterday was when... Um, poignant? Obama, poignant. Poignant. Wow, it, it was. And, and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I think it was Marty Noble who writes for MLB.com.
0: Yeah.
2: Beat writer for the Mets for, for you know, thirty years, prior. 14 years, yeah, hundreds of years. Uh, he asked Fred Wilpon directly about whether or not the Bernie Madoff scandal hurt them to the point of affecting the baseball business. And once again, he gave you the same line that, that they always give you. It's two separate, you know, it's different money. It's not affecting the way we run the business of baseball. Right. But then he also talked about the betrayal that they felt at the hands of Bernie Madoff. And at at that point, it was very important to to hear the way Fred Wolpon said it. He got very emotional. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it. I I saw it. I watched it today. Yeah, very emotional. And he talked about how the betrayal was what is going to stay with him for the rest of his life. The money, you hate to lose money like that but it was the betrayal that, was re- that really stung him. Yeah. And so two things coming out of that for you, Steve. Number one, it was a side of Fred Wilpon that we haven't seen lately, or certainly not of the Jeff Wilpon. It showed a human side, which is good. You want to see the human side. Number two, do we believe him that the money was not the same?
1: Well, I think it's nice to see he's not a cyborg um, or a Dodger cyborg, as it were. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, that is. <laughs> um, I, 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 I watched it today, Cal, and to, to, to your first point, I, I did believe him. And, and that is more believable to me, the idea that somebody you were in business with for 25 years and had a close investment relationship with, and you're talking about millions of dollars here. Right, a close personal relationship. And, and exactly, and a close personal relationship. The betrayal is what he'll take to his grave. It's not the money. Right. Not that he's sneezing at $350 million or whatever it was. He's certainly not. But uh, they did business with, they, they put all kinds of people into business with Bertie Madoff. You know, Tim Tuffle comes to mind, right? You know, they, put, they told Tim Tuffle, come invest with this guy. He's brilliant. And Tim Tuffle's screwed. You know, so the, the trust that was betrayed, that to me was more believable than the idea that they would be pissed off about money they lost. These right. guys, guys Cal, these guys have a lot of money. Now, do I believe that it doesn't affect the baseball operations? Maybe not over the long haul. I I, I can believe that, but for this particular year, I think there's no way it it couldn't have. There's no way it couldn't have. Maybe for this year and next year, there's no way
2: it can't affect their liquidity. He said the word liquidity, and it was almost as if he regretted saying it. Well, but Steve, see. There's two things here. Number one, they went out and they signed Jason Bay for $66 million last year on the heels of this Madoff scandal. Yeah. How do they do that? Number two, I forgot what number two was. Let's, start, <laughs> let's stick with number one. How do they go out and sign Jason Bay? Cal, they didn't have to give him $66 million this year. No, they didn't. You're right. Okay. They gave
1: him, four, what was it, four, 12, 14, and, and that contract is backloaded. Right. Okay, so in a year like this, if they were having liquidity problems with the team, they could do that. They could give Jason Bay that contract. Plus, they had to do
2: something. They opened up a new ballpark and finished 20 games under 500. Right. Well, now that's the second thing I remember. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If a team as bad as the Mets had $130 million payroll, and then they're a bad team and they're looking to cut payroll, all right, that didn't have any ties to Bernie Madoff, nobody would say anything, right? Everybody would just say, okay, they spent a lot of money on bad players. They need to cut their salary. That's fine. Let them do that. But right. because of the Bernie Madoff thing, everybody just automatically assumes that the Mets don't have the money to cover that payroll.
1: Right. The speculation becomes the truth. You know, the right. speculation the becomes the fact. reality. Right. Yeah. Or, or that, that's even a better way to say it. Yeah. So... Yeah, they, and it doesn't really matter at that point if it's true or not. You know, They, they got a, a terrible product out of what they invested in last year, this past season. They did not get return on their investment, so it would be natural that they would want to cut payroll, of course. You know. But if you mix in the Madoff thing, people are going to put two and two together and get five, which is another way of saying the perception becomes the reality, which is another way of saying guilty until proven innocent. No. And anyway. It's a bunch of things, but the point is, I, I believe them. I believe that that overall, it doesn't have that much of an effect on 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 the day to day running of the Mets. But they can't. I, I agree too. But they can't say it has zero effect. No, I. I yeah, no, I, you can't say it has zero effect because it, to me, like I said, liquidity being the key word there. That maybe the Mets weren't as liquid. Now the other thing he did say though, Cal, is. SNY has never been more profitable. No, he did say that. This, they're going to turn a huge profit this year. The network is going to turn a huge profit this year, and it's spiraling. Uh, he was almost about to say spiraling out of control during the press conference, but he caught himself. Right. It was like spiraling fantastically upwards. Yeah. Which was like a Willy Wonka way to say that <laughs> the station's doing well. He, uh, Fred Wilpon, sort of alluded to the fact that there's there's some smoke and fire, sure. But overall, it's not going to affect the team. What I think is it's not going to affect the team in the long haul. Correct. Over the long haul, it's going to be okay for the team. So, you know, Cal, here we have it. Omar and Jerry are gone. We all knew this was coming. The, the Mets have the Herculean task, uh, and the Wilpons have the Herculean task of gaining back the fans' trust by making the right hire for a GM. They're but I think to-
2: they – I'm sorry, I think they took the, the, the right first step yes. with yesterday's press conference.
1: And putting a face on the failure and making it their own face was a big first step. We're going to talk plenty down the line. I think their plan is to hire a GM by October, by the end of October, Cal, because uh, you can start signing free agents five days after the World Series ends, so they've got to get a guy in place there. And we'll talk plenty about um, who that GM should be um, and the players and stuff like that. We'll get into that down the road. But Right now, I want to talk about the Yankees, a team that is still playing uh, and about to start the ALDS tomorrow, and uh, that's the last time
2: you'll see the Mets on the back pages for some time, Cal. Well, you will see the Mets on the back pages when they next hire the GM, which will be either right before the, um, the World Series or after, because they're not allowed to announce any hirings during the World Series. Correct. Unless you're so, a Unless you're a Exactly.
1: Um, And speaking of A-Rod, the phone lines are open, folks. We're about to talk about the Yankees, so let's open that up. We're going to talk Yankees, Twins, ALDS. We're going to talk about uh, Phillies, Reds. We're going to talk about San Francisco Giants and uh, the Atlanta Braves. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay, Texas. I think that's all of them. Uh, The playoffs are here, Cal. It's fantastic, and the Yankees are uh, in, limping slightly, uh, to take on the Twins for the fourth time in eight years. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. Fourth time in eight years. They completely own the Twinkies. Uh, the phone lines are open about the Yanks, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Give us a shout. And, uh, Cal, one of the first things to talk about, uh, the Yankees setting their postseason roster today. And, there's, you know, not really a surprise, but Javi Vasquez is off. A.J. Burnett, who has been... Awful, I mean, we're talking awful, uh, is on that postseason roster. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I, don't, I, I went a little author there. Oh. We're talking small. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but A.J. Burnett makes the postseason roster with his 6.54 ERA.
2: Yeah. Cal, can CeCe pitch every day? He might have to.
1: That'd be I, awesome.
2: No, he's not going to have to.
1: Could you imagine if the Yanks were just like, F it? And we're like, we're pitching CC every day. What's the problem? Yeah, why not? He gives us the best chance
2: to win. He, yeah, CeCe Zabathia having pitched three games in a row is still a better option than A.J. Burnett Look, why on, don't they, on full rest. Why don't they go Walter Johnson on this thing and just have him pitch like every other day?
1: With Sandy Koufax. Yeah, I mean, Walter Johnson, you go back, and uh, Dr. Irie and I did this one day in the big book of baseball, and you went back and looked at Walter Johnson in like the 1911 World Series. That's the big train, right? Walter? big train. And uh, his, his numbers are ridiculous. But in one World Series, he pitched like every day.
2: My goodness. And was 4-1 was
1: and one with like a .79 ERA. But anyway, the Yankees rotation, Cal, is going to be CeCe Sabathia, Andy, the ageless one, Petit. Uh, actually, I believe it's Pettit. I believe it's pronounced Pettit. Pettit. Yeah. And, Andy, uh, Andy Pettit. and Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes. Bill Hughes is going to make his first postseason start in this series against the Twins. Let's get into how they match up a little bit. We definitely want to hear from you. Again, the phone lines are open. Um, they match up pitching-wise. Interesting, Cal. Uh, you know, CeCe and Francisco Liriano going at it tomorrow night in Target Stadium. How are the Twins good? <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, I don't know. Can we start there? Can we just but, start with, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but how? 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 Well, they're good. Okay. Um, I think they've got an incredible home field advantage in that new stadium. You know, I think, I think that they play really well in the in outdoors. I mean, how cold is it going to be in, in Minnesota in October? You know what? Not
1: going to be that cold. No? No, the forecast, uh, I, I was looking at it today, or I heard it today. The forecast is uh, for, you know, 70s, low 70s. High 60s, low 70s during the day, mid 50s at night,
0: wow. and that's
1: into next week. So, you know, not, the weather not going to be a factor. Pretty much the same as it would have been here, and it's supposed to be clear, no rain. But yes, that ballpark is a tremendous advantage from them uh, for them. You heard Ron Gardenhire today, or I heard Ron Gardenhire. You might not have, but I, I, heard. Did. <laughs> I heard Ron Gardenhire today talking about how it's their home, <laughs> They feel great there, all the equipment, the fans. They don't share it with anybody, Um, and and their home field advantage is big time. Only, what was it, 54 home runs they hit there? Yeah. This season, and I think only 110 or 111 hit there the whole season. It's a big ballpark. We're talking big. (laughs) Um, Do we think that the Yankees are better playing the Twins or the Rangers, Cal? Did they get the better matchup with the Twins? They own the Twins.
2: I guess on paper they did get the better matchup. I just, I'm, I would be very wary of picking and choosing who you want to play in the first round. Not to, not to suggest that the Yankees, although it has been suggested, believe it or not, right. that the Yankees maybe altered the way that they played these last few weeks in order to ensure getting the Twins. Oh, that's wacky.
1: I don't, I don't agree with that.
2: I don't, I don't agree with it either. But, but there are some that have, that have speculated on that. And, uh, you know, let's, let's talk to Dr. E. a little bit about this as the resident Yankee fan. On or, staff
1: or, or Yankee fan in residence.
2: Yankee fan, yeah. He, yeah. He's been not, he hasn't been a resident in a long time. That's but.
1: right. He's a doctor no, now. He's, he's full sucked. fledged. Thank God. <laughs> Your residency sucked. I remember that. Oh my God.
3: If oh, we're all we a had touch. a great. I tell you what, we had a great time in medical school, Steve.
1: We did. There was a lot of Madden being played. A lot of late night Madden sessions. I think we got like three or four seasons in. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, but your, your residency sucked for all of us. I think it sucked yeah, I, for
3: me.
2: <laughs> it's comforting to know being, that as you were, it's comforting to know as you were in medical school, you were playing so much Madden. <laughs> I'm
3: just being released back into society again here.
2: Right. Uh, he knows how to diagnose a
1: defense on Madden as well as he knows <laughs> how to diagnose diverticulitis. Okay, Doctor Iray. Yeah, e. Yes, I said diverticulitis, Doctor Iray. E. The Yankees, uh, we talked about it last week as far as their rotation goes. Girardi did what you said he would, which was leave Vasquez off, put on A.J. Burnett, uh, or put A.J. Burnett on the active roster. Uh, any other surprises? Uh, for, you know, it was talk- Girardi was talking about the idea that maybe he might start Austin Kearns in left field and, um, and, and leave Granderson on the bench against the lefty Liriano. How do you feel about this series, Dr. Ray? Give well, it a take.
3: There's two players that uh, Girardi is just infatuated with. Last year we knew he was in love with Brett Gardner. Um, You know now he's just mildly in love with him. He's infatuated with Austin Kearns, and he's infatuated with Chad Gaudin. He loves them both so very much. Um, Clearly, uh, you know, even even though Gaudin's not on the roster, uh, it's surprising to me. You know, he he went with uh, he went with Boone Logan, get himself a lefty there. He 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 loves Dustin Mosley also. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm listen. Burnett did not earn a postseason start. Uh, I'm happy he's off the off the roster. Uh, I think even though they they kind of limped in, I, I feel like they kind of were just getting everybody rested. You know, right. I I feel like getting a lot of their starters rest was very important. You know, I feel like Pettit got three you know starts under his belt, and even though the last start wasn't great, he did strike strike out seven guys in five innings. You know, he clearly he was effective. So I I think things are lining up pretty good for them. Minnesota is the better matchup. You, you just can't deny that.
1: It has to be because of if you look at the lineups. Now, Cal and Dr. E. Ray, uh, another question I have for you guys, and the phone lines are open on this, folks. 424-220-1817. Call up to talk about the Yankees-Twins or any of the other series that you want to. Uh, but Dr. E. Ray and Cal, uh, <clears throat> we, we talked about the rotation kind of lining up for the Yankees. It's a better matchup with the Twins. Uh I think my biggest concern would be that this Twins team, as opposed to Twins teams of the past, uh, seems to me to be much more comfortable. Now, they had a huge home field advantage in the Metrodome, no doubt, but they didn't have the spatial advantage. They seem to match up better against the Yankees in that ballpark because the Yankees, who are just a powerhouse of a club lineup-wise, uh, are not going to be able to get that three-run home run to catch up in a ball game. Um, as as often as they would in the Metrodome. You know, the the Twins were built around speed and defense, okay, and uh, now built around speed and defense in a huge ballpark. I think plays better for them against the Yankees, and they have the extra game. So, Cal, you know, are we going to see what we saw last year, where the Red Sox couldn't possibly, you know, uh, lose to the Angels, and they did, and then the Yankees couldn't possibly beat the Angels, and they did?
2: You know, anything's possible in the playoffs. Um, I, I the law of averages suggests that the Yankees could be vulnerable here. Now, the Yankees are clearly the better team. I think we can all agree on the fact that the Yankees are better than the Twins. Correct? Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, thank you. But <laughs> the, the Twins are a dangerous team at home. They are the best. Uh, they have the best record in, in in the American League at home during the season at Target Field. Yep. They've got the comeback player of the year in Francisco Liriano. In the American League. In the American League. Yes. All right? He's good, but he's matching up against Sabathia. So that's, that's, you know, your best pitcher for the Twins is matching up against Sabathia, so it's still advantage Yankees. Advantage Yankees. Right. Now, what, what worries me a little bit is you've got Phil Hughes, who's untested. You, if you come back to Yankee Stadium, let's say it's 1-1, coming back to Yankee Stadium, right. for the, piv- the pivotal game three because all game threes are pivotal. Um, is that a spot you want to be, do you feel comfortable? I mean, I guess I'll throw this over to Dr. E. Do you feel comfortable with Phil Hughes in that spot in a game where if you lose, you're one game away from elimination?
3: Uh, I, I actually do. I mean, I, I think Hughes, while, you know, he gives up some runs, you know, there's no doubt he, he's prone to the beginning. Um, I think he's got the, the, the kind of stuff that's really good in the postseason. He, he could be overpowering at times. And I, I, I like the way he pitched towards the end of the year. I especially like, you know, the, the inning of work he got against the Red Sox. Um, he just looked dominant. I mean, I, I think, you know, by far and away, he's our best option. And, and the truth is, is you, you have nobody else. I mean, you can't throw Burnett. You can't pitch Vasquez. He's our guy.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Dr. Eragon on this one. I feel like that if there's one thing that Phil Hughes doesn't lack, okay, strike that. If there's two things that Phil Hughes doesn't lack, one is stuff he's got fantastic stuff. He's always had fantastic stuff. Um, you know, but the other thing that he does not lack – what is that? <laughs> did you hear the dog? I do, I do hear the dog, but I, I hear something that. else. Um, but the other thing that he does not lack is confidence. I mean, I think Phil Hughes can, can, can go out there and pitch very confidently, especially uh, in a big spot. I don't think he's going to be – especially at home, I don't think he's going to be over – whelmed by the situation i would trust phil hughes in that spot plus he's got great stuff i mean there, there's
2: no denying that he's got great stuff if i said he's got great stuff because he has great stuff he does have great stuff and the other thing i think the yankees have the advantage even though a game five would be played in minnesota i would still feel <clears throat> more comfortable with andy pettit on the road in game five against uh lariano for the twins yeah I, I mean pettit is, is the biggest game pitcher that's out there right now, but it, that's if he can go, Cal.
1: Well, you know, that's I mean, true. that's the that's the major consideration. You know, Francesca said it on Fan today, and he made a, a good point. So we'll give props where props are due because I'm going to kill him later in the show. So give credit <laughs> where credit is due. Where he said, you know, the reason that AJ Burnett is on the roster is in case Pettit can't go in a game five. That's it. In case you can't get Andy back on, you know, on short rest. In a Game 5, then Burnett is your best option you know, to start a Game 5 because you'll have CC going in Game 4, and you need a guy, and you don't trust Javi Vasquez in that spot, and you trust Burnett so far as he pitched last
2: year in the playoffs. That's but why this, he's on the roster. But this team is better than the, we've, we have established, that they're better than the Twins. Therefore, they should not get to a Game 5 if the Yankees take care of business like they are supposed to.
1: Yeah, correct. No, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I I think that the the Yankees should win this series in four games. I agree
2: with that, and I think that if you are at asking, home. they would win it at home. Right. And I think if you're asking AJ Burnett to save your season in Target Field in Game Five, um, you got if you put yourself in that position, you don't deserve to win the series. Right. No, that's true. And the phone lines are open on this, folks. Four two four two two zero
1: eighteen seventeen. One more last thing. On this, I want to throw out to you, you both, uh, both of you, open house. Um, is, is uh, the, Joe Nathan is, is, has been out all season, and the Twins uh, made a great trade to pick up Matt Caps. They had uh, uh, Roush, uh, John Roush holding down the fort, doing a really good job. Their bullpen, to me, is much improved over last year. But I want to ask you guys, is there a little bit of the Simmons-Ewing theory at work here? For the closers in that they may be better. Joe Nathan blew the series last year. Yeah, he did. Okay, he blew all three games of that series that the Yankees won. Uh, is Are they better off without Joe Nathan in this series? Because I feel like they are. I feel like the Yankees, when they were trailing and Joe Nathan came in the game, felt like they could win. And you know the confidence. I was just gonna say, Cal. You know the confidence closer thing. You know when Mariano comes in the game, you know you're losing. You know
3: I don't. I don't agree with that at all.
1: So you don't think they're better off with Nathan off this team? No.
3: No, I I don't think so. Cal, do you do you think so?
2: Not at all. Um, You're asking. You're you're asking Matt Capps, who who has only ever pitched for Pittsburgh and Washington. But what does that matter? What does it matter? Is he, he hasn't even sniffed a spot like this in his life. But Joe Nathan had pitched for Minnesota in all those postseason games and
1: spit the bit over and over again against the Yankees. Yeah, so maybe, Joe... maybe it'll take a guy who's never
2: been in the spotlight and doesn't know what he's up against. Maybe, but I ju- that's a fair point. I just don't agree with your, your theory that, um, that it's better to have Caps there than Nathan. Because Nathan is, is the far superior pitcher than Caps.
1: But I'm just saying the idea, and and Dr. E. Ray, you know this. Cal, you know this. We all played. Okay, we obviously didn't play at at a professional major league level, but we played at pretty high level for baseball, okay? And we've watched enough baseball to know. And you've watched, Dr. E. Ray, you've watched Mariano for years. Okay, there is a mental advantage that is gained when you have a guy like that. For both teams, when they know they can beat a guy or when they don't feel like they can beat a guy. It's huge in the playoffs. Huge. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. that there's no
3: doubt that's true. And, and certainly Nathan has had his struggles. But, I mean, Nathan has been a top pitcher for a long time. And I think he's, he's a big guy in that clubhouse. I don't think they're better off without him. I think they're much worse without Morneau.
1: Yes, well, but they didn't have Morneau last year either. So, right. you know, I, I, I mean, they've gone through the playoffs without Morneau. And if Joe Nathan had been able to close a game last year, they might have won that series. I'm just I I I, I want to see how this plays out. That's my little uh, that's my little interesting tidbit that's going to make me more interested in this series. Listen, I want to see how Matt Caps does as opposed to how Joe Nathan did. Because I saw how I saw the Joe Nathan movie, and uh, if I'm a Yankee fan, I want sequels. I want them <laughs> I, I want it to be like Rocky movies because they beat him like a drum in the playoffs, and he's a great regular season closer. Don't get me wrong but I think the Yankees own him.
2: I want to see what happens when they have a closer that they don't know anything about. Uh, I think the Yankees are a professional team and they don't care who they, who they hit against. You know, I don't think that they get a mental advantage one way or the other against who they against who they're going to see. Now the other way around, I agree that um, if you have a guy like Rivera, if you have a dominant closer, that's going to give you an advantage over the other team. I don't think it works the other way around. You don't think so? You don't think that
1: you don't think that you, you, it works where you own a guy. I mean, let me yeah, let me, uh, Dr. Iray, let me ask Dr. Rivera. How do the Red Sox didn't. feel, Cal? How do the Red Sox feel when they see Mo coming in? That's the oh, only, that's
2: the only team. That's what I mean. That it works that way. It doesn't work the other way where if you have a horrible if you or you have a, a questionable closer that it, you you feel like you have an advantage over them. I think it works in the way that you just said. The Red Sox when they see Rivera on the mound are like, oh no. We, were, we got a tough hill to climb. No, See, I disagree. I think the Red Sox are the only team that when Rivera comes to the mound, they're the only
1: team in baseball that says, we still got a shot. Everybody, Which, else, yeah. everybody else goes home. You remember in 2000, Cal, with the Mets in the World Series? When Rivera came in that series, it was over. Over. He came in the game, it was over. You went home. That's true. You know, Whereas I think the Red Sox are the, a team that's beaten Mo a couple of times in the playoffs. Now, I, I, I think it I think it can be advantageous both ways, Dr. E. Ray.
3: Yeah, who do you think is under more pressure? The Twins or the Yankees here? The Twins won 94 games. You know, they uh, they have home field advantage. Um, they basically overachieved all year. Do you think the Twins are under more pressure here than the Yankees?
2: I. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> if, I you, <laughs> if you're gonna do that, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> I think um, that's a really, really good question because I think both teams are under enormous pressure. I think just by default, though, the Yankees are under more pressure because they're the defending champions. They're in New York. They're supposed to have the best team in baseball. And for them to fail and and not make it out of the wild card round would be a bigger hit than if the Twins were to lose this first round. I I totally agree. And and Cal, that's you
1: know, they're the Yankees, and you've got a $230 million payroll or whatever it is. You know, they're the biggest payroll in baseball. They're the defending champions. They're a wild card who's favored to go to the World Series and to, and to probably win it all. To win yeah. Right. You know, so I think there's always tremendous pressure on the Yankees. There's always tremendous pressure, but there's some renewed pressure on the Twins this year. You know, they're always in the playoffs. They're always good. They always have a little tiny salary. Look at us. We do it with smoke and mirrors, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, they came into the, the playoffs limping Ada, losing eight out of their last 10. And they have a new stadium. They have some new revenue. They have a higher payroll than they've had in, you know, recent years. They've added to the payroll. They keep losing to the Yankees in this spot. Exactly. They need to go. This is a pressure situation for the Twins. This is a pressure situation for Gardenhire. Gardenhire has to prove that he can beat the Yankees in the playoffs. You know, so I think there's a lot of pressure
2: on both teams, and, and uh, I think it's going to be a good series. Uh, I, I think the Yankees win in four. Cal? I say the Yankees in four, and let's give Dr. E. Ray the last word on, this, on the Yankee series. Dr. E. Ray, last word. Make it happen. Make it so. Number one.
3: I think it's going five. I think it's going to be a very close series. Every series with, you
1: know, with the Twins, the Yankees win, but it's always tight. So it goes back to Tarjay Field.
2: Yep. Wow. And who wins? who wins in five? Oh, Yanks in five. Okay.
1: Oh, Yanks in five. Absolutely. Oh. Now,
2: <laughs> Should have Now, uh,
1: let's, before we uh, get to the Jets again, the phone lines are open, 424-220-1817, the number to call. Talking Mets, talking Yankees, talking uh, Jets, Giants. I do want to just touch on the other series, Cal, um, that gets started tomorrow, and just like two seconds on each one. So, let's go. Uh, the other American
2: League series, Texas
1: and the Rays. Uh, gut feelings
2: a fascinating series um i think i think the rays are going to win that series in four i think the rays
1: are going to win that series in four as well uh it's a shame that cliff lee can't pitch every day okay <laughs> national league you got the phillies and the reds how happy are the reds just to be there do the phillies <laughs> take care of them in three games
2: i believe they do i think they're going
1: to sweep them okay and then of course the other series the san francisco giants uh, with a comparable rotation to the Phillies. I think they're the only team that matches up uh, great with the Phillies because they have three starters they can throw out in a five-game series that are very, very good. Uh, right. But the, the Giants taking on the banged-up Braves, no more uh, You Prado. Know, I think Jason Hayward's going to wind up in a clean-up in that series. Derek Lowe is the only pitcher who's pitching well right now for the Braves. Uh, but you never rule out a Bobby Cox team. Who do you like in that one, Cal?
2: I, I, I like the Giants to win that one in five, and I think the Braves are going to try to ride a little Bobby Cox magic as far as they can, and I think it'll end in San Francisco in game five.
1: Yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. Totally agree. I see the Giants in five. I see Lincecum pitching two big-time games there, uh, and everybody remembering that, oh, yeah, that, that's right. That guy won back-to-back Cy Youngs, and he's pretty good, too. We'll we'll, re-
2: we'll reconvene this time next yeah. week to see how uh, how also, we did on our predictions.
1: I, I'm also desperately uh, rooting for the for the Giants. I'm rooting for the Reds too, uh, but I'm desperately rooting for the Giants because I see them as the only team in the National League that has any sort of shot against the Phillies. Yeah, I think so because they can throw Lincecum, Kane, and Johnny Sanchez. Johnny, don't call me dirty Sanchez. All right. Uh, so that wraps up the baseball. Let's move on to the football, Cal. And uh, we're going to talk about the Jets right now. We're going to open up the phone lines to you to talk about the Jets, 424-220-1817. Don't forget we have the Swami coming up. We have the fantasy uh, football advisor, Dave Rutley from ffadvisor.com. We also have the RTU Funload where we're going to talk about the DVR. And the DVR, the greatest invention of the aughts in my opinion. Yeah. And, the, and the divorce saver. Uh, no, Cal. So the Jets, the Jets had a very big game. We know what kind of game it was. It was this game. It's a trap. That was the game it was. It was an Admiral Akbar trap game. It was going into it and uh the Jets go in there, Cal. We talked about it. I said to you if the Jets go in there and blow their doors off, I'm going to really start to believe
2: in this team. Okay? Guess what? You start to believe in this team. Doors blown. Doctor, let me tell you something about this game, because all week, everybody was petrified of this being the trap game. This is a trap game. This is a trap game. And all week, all you heard from Rex Ryan and all of those players in the locker room was, we know it's a trap game, trap, trap game. That's harder to say than I thought. It's a trap. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) We know it's a trap game but we're not going to allow it to be a trap game. We're going to go in there and take care of business. And you know what? They did exactly what they said, and I think they earned themselves a lot of credibility by going in there and blowing out the Bills this week.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And one of the things I took from this game uh, is, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson. I mean, gee whiz, Cal. Yeah. First of all, we had, gotten, we had said on the show a while back, remember we had Hammer from Manhattan on, And Hammer from Manhattan had 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 a glass of wine with a jet, a veteran jet, right before training camp, who said that if you're in a fantasy league, pick up LaDainian Tomlinson, draft him early, he looks fantastic, he's got something to prove, and he's going to get the goal line carries. And, and, you know, when Hammer, uh, our buddy, told us this, we were like, yeah, okay, we'll see. We've been burned by Tomlinson before, both in fantasy and, you know. And uh, it, Cal, he looks ridiculous.
2: Yeah, he, defi- he definitely looks like he's got something to prove. Yeah, but the,
1: but the burst is there. How do you get that
2: burst? And the move that he put on uh, Whittier. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, he's, he's – for a football player, he's up in the He's But he's only 31 years – he's a 31-year-old man. Right. All right, what I wouldn't give right now, <laughs> okay, to be a 31-year-old man. Yeah. He's, still got, he's still got some mileage left on those legs. Now, what I would caution here – You know, not to not to be the damp rag or the wet towel or or any any sort of any sort of metaphor for being a killjoy here. Any sort of moist fabric, (laughs) right? A baby baby wipe. Exactly. I think he has a limited number of miles on those legs, and while he looks spry right now. I don't know if you can expect him to have those same legs in week 16 or 17 or even the playoffs and I think they got to adjust they got to manage that appropriately throughout the year. And I think they will. I, I think that's an excellent point, Cal,
1: but I think that's why you have Sean Green there.
0: Right. And
1: that's why you have the young legs and and I think they will I think in certain games you will see more Sean Green. Uh I think and and Tomlinson's touches will be limited. So you can have him pressure the playoffs, but we're talking about a guy that looks completely different. I mean, from the guy in the playoffs last year at the end of the season, you know, uh, against the Jets, I mean, he just looks like a different player, and, you know, you can never really underestimate. There's two things you can't underestimate in a player's performance to me. Well, I'm big on enumerating things tonight, by the way. Uh, I'll stop. But uh, only two? There's two things that you can't underestimate one is a contract year that's the biggest one and two is a chip on the shoulder or something to prove or the fu moment there's so much of that these days huh right so tomlinson is basically in fu mode uh as the sports guy likes to call it uh you know just wanting to say to the chargers you know completely you blew it so that was fantastic to see they beat up a bad team which they were supposed to uh, and a reminder, the phone lines are open on this, Cal. Let's hear from you about the Jets. We're going to talk about the Giants in a couple of minutes, uh, 424-220-1817. And, and again, we are, we are live right now, but uh, if you're listening to this on your podcast, on your treadmill on Tuesday,
2: next week, uh, don't call in. No, uh, but be uh, answering. but can, can, we, can we agree that Buffalo is the worst team in the NFL? We can. Uh, sure, right, let's do it. Let's all agree on it. Let's just shake hands on that. Uh, that that's, a bad, that's a bad football team. I mean, that's rough. They're, real, they're really bad. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't know what they taught him at Harvard, but they certainly didn't teach him how to slide. Yeah, there was something like equations all over the walls or something. Yeah, he, they, they came up with a formula on what to do if you're running with the ball <laughs> rather than, you know, teach him football. Right. Well,
1: uh, you know, my, you, you start with Chan Gailey. Really? Chan Gailey? Lon Chaney? This is... (laughs) Lon Chaney. Werewolf of London? This is who you hire? This is who you hire. You you fire... You know, Perry Fuel was uh, now the Giants defensive coordinator, uh, was the interim coach last year. You get rid of Perry Fuel, and Chan Gailey is the best you can come up with? That's not good. Chan Gailey, a retread from the Cowboys. Chan Gailey. no,
2: no need to get personal with him. I'm
1: just saying, he's like the retread of all retreads. Oh, again with the words. I mean, just it's enough. I mean,
2: the Bills. What are you doing? Yeah, it's bad. Move to Toronto
1: and be done with it already. Seriously,
2: seriously. <laughs> let me, let me, and let me just point one other thing out, please. The, the The Jets welcome these same Buffalo Bills into the New Meadowlands at Week 17. Yes. I mean, could there could there be more of a gift? I mean, what could possibly go wrong between now and then that the Bills are coming in week 17? <laughs> well, you've just jinxed it now. You get it? That's it. get it? I see what you did. I'm <laughs> um, just kidding. No. Look, look you know, what, I, you know what, I'm, what I'm getting out of this team, Steve, and, and I said it before, they, this is a very, very, very focused team. They've got one goal. They've got a singular goal. They're all playing for the same goal. And now this week, they're going to get three of their best players back.
1: Yeah, well, they got rid of a little SOJ, you know what I mean? We heard SOJ around here for years and years and years, same old Jets, you know, and this was not, and they started to shed that a little bit last year, but they had some same old Jets moments when they lost to the Falcons, a game they should have won, uh, you know, and this was a ripe opportunity to have a same old Jets moment, you know, they lost to the Bills last year at home.
2: And Steve, let's, let's, you know... Let's be honest here, when Nick Folk missed that short field goal yep. in the first quarter... I was thinking it. They were, were dominating, we
1: it, dominating the game, and then he misses that field goal, and I'm like, it's the here-we-go brigade, and they come in, and you're starting to think that the game is getting away from us, but they didn't allow that to happen. They kept after them. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer has had three weeks like no other that he has had in his career as offensive coordinator for the Jets. They, they, call, and, that, uh, they call
2: that resume building.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mark Sanchez, uh, how's my uh, taking the leap? prediction looking. Uh looking a lot better than it did after the game against Baltimore. Correct, mundo, Cal. 8 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He looks good. He you know, he he's playing with a confidence that we didn't see last year until the playoffs. And he's really carried that over and you know, huge game coming up this week, Cal. Huge yeah.
2: game. And and you know what, I going back to Sanchez real quick. I think that that's the thing with these young players yeah. is You've got to get them the confidence. Once they get the confidence under them, it kind of propels them forward. Yeah, it's, you know? like
1: a, it's like a Tony Montana situation, you know. Once yeah. you get the confidence, then you get the women. And then you get the, you know, it's like a s- Scarface, no? Not so much? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Cal, what do you think about them uh, going in, or, you know, they're going to be at home uh, Monday night, the Vikings, Brett Favre. Don't know if you've heard of him. Who? Uh, that's right. Uh, I thought he retired. He did. Oh, four times. And he's back again. It didn't take. It's like a Costanza breakup. He's a gunslinger, though. It's like a Costanza breakup. It just didn't take. Uh, He is a gunslinger. He loves the game. Loves the game. Loves the game. Having fun out there. That's right, Dr. E. Ray. Nobody else
2: is. No, just Favre.
1: Just Favre. He's the only guy who really loves the game. Right. You know, I think Mark Sanchez likes the game. I think he's passing the game notes in eighth period, but he's not really in love with the game. Right. Uh, the uh, Vikings come in off a of bye-week, Cal. A lot of time to prepare for both the Jets' uh, rolling offense and their defense. But the Jets get
2: Revis, Pace, and Holmes. They get, the, they get three key players back. The Jets will get that extra day. They're playing Monday night. Yep. So they get the extra day. Big time. And um, I don't, you know, the, they're focused right now. And I think Rex Ryan... You saw it last week against Miami. Rex Ryan was very cognizant of the Wildcat, and I think he put a lot of work in uh, during that week leading up to the Miami game to combat the Wildcat. I think
1: during the off season too, and probably during the off season, knowing too. that that game was Week Three, and you know, I think he put a lot of work into it in the off season too. Not going to get burned by it again,
2: right? And and they didn't get burned by it. And I think the same thing applies to Brett Favre. I don't. I think they're very cognizant about Brett Favre coming into their building. And they're not going to let Brett Favre beat them. And I think they're putting a lot of work this week into the game plan to stop Favre. See, I think I, – I, you know what? I don't think he's as worried
1: about Favre as he is about Adrian Peterson. I think they're going to be focused big time on Adrian Peterson because there's no Sidney Rice. You know, I think if you get Revis back, you can put Revis on whoever. Percy Harvin? You know, Percy Harvin, I guess, if Johnny Headache plays. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think he's going to be more focused on making sure they stop the run and stop Adrian Peterson because he's the kind of guy, to, to me, who can beat the Jets in this game. Uh, but, you know, 3-1, and one, you know, they measure the season in quarters, Cal, right? So you play four games at a time and you try to go 3-1 and one in all four of those four games and you're 12-4 and four and you're in the playoffs. So I think three and one start very very good for the Jets. You're starting to feel very confident that this team is going to give a big effort no matter who they play. Um, and the kid, the kid is the key, and he's driving that Ferrari quite well. And now he gets an extra gear on that Ferrari.
2: Yeah, and I think I think the rest of the team is, is kind of buying into him too, and they're uh, they're hitching their wagon to Sanchez right now.
1: Yep, definitely. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen the number to call. Uh, talk about the Jets. Talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the Giants in a little bit. We've talked Yankees uh, and the ALDS. We've talked about the Mets. Hey, uh, uh, Blowing the, it up. Blowing it up, Cal.
2: Oh, they're blowing it up. Oofah. Now, real quick on the Jets before we, uh, before we move on. Yes. We had, we had a Joe McKnight sighting this week. Yeah. All right. right. We saw Joe McKnight. And then uh, Rex Ryan with some comments uh, this week. About how he wouldn't be opposed to using Joe McKnight in the secondary. What do you think of that? Well, supposedly when Joe McKnight came on campus
1: at USC, uh, he was the best cornerback and receiver on uh, on the team. Uh, that's what the USC coaches told uh, Rex Ryan when they were scouting Joe McKnight. That he was when he came into school, he was the best corner in, in uh, on the team. Okay. Whatever. You know, I think this is largely in response to the fact that Danny Woodhead was signed away from the Jets after they cut him by the Patriots and has had two touchdowns in two weeks and has had an impact. And I think Rex Ryan is trying to justify why Joe McKnight is still here.
2: Yeah, well, you got Danny Woodhead uh, producing for New England. You've got Leon Washington running all over the place yep. in Seattle. Yep, running
1: wild. and I, it, Oh, what a coincidence that Rex comes out with a statement that how good Joe McKnight has been. Right, he activates him first. Finally, this week. Right, right. Now he's talking about how great he is and says that he's doing a wonderful job, studying so much and yeah. so ready to play. You know what? Consider me not on the Joe McKnight bandwagon. Okay, <laughs> Joe McKnight, enough, enough little, now. Yeah, I, this I, is the guy who you know puked the first day of camp. Cal was out of shape. Yeah. Uh, then he failed the conditioning test. Then he covered himself in glory completely on Hard Knocks, being like a jerk,
2: complained talking a, back to the
1: coaches. Complained
2: about his number.
1: Yeah, complained about his number because he was Reggie Bush's. No, I mean, you know, enough now. Joe McKnight's going to have to do quite a bit <laughs> to, uh, to make me like him because I, I, I've had it with Joe McKnight. And I think it's no coincidence that uh, Rex, oh, he's awesome. Right, well. Did I mention how awesome he is?
2: Now watch Joe McKnight's agent in the offseason is going to demand a contract extension or something. <laughs> well, the coach said he was awesome. One can only hope. Uh, hope. Yeah. Game, same agent as Revis. That'd be fantastic. These agents,
1: they're just oh, I just feel so good about them. They seem to care about the game.
2: Yeah, They're know? really very reputable. Yeah,
1: These so much. Salt uh, of the earth. <laughs> hey, Cal. Yeah. As you and Dr. E. Ray well know... You know, our fantasy football league is ultra-competitive, and the guys are always looking for an edge. Probably visit 10 sites a week trying to hunt down advice for their lineups, who to start, who to pick up. Fantasy football advice sites, Cal, are like a cottage industry these days. There are more sites than there are players to draft. But we have got a new site for you that is going to give you a huge edge and take the work out of fantasy football. It is called FFAdvisor.com. Now, Cal, the guys at FantasyAdvisor.com have gone mathematical with this thing. That's right. Don't be afraid. (laughs) They've designed an algorithm, big word, that tells you who to start, who to sit, who to pick up by uh, taking all the fantasy football sites and seeing who does the best, who gives you the best information on a weekly basis. They also did a massive survey of fantasy footballers as to what they want and need out of their fantasy websites. And they've worked that into the algorithm as well. So go to FantasyFootballAdvisor.com. That's F-F-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. And take the guesswork out of Fantasy Football, Cal. FFAdvisor.com. And coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll have Dave Rutley from FFAdvisor.com, who's going to come on for the Fantasy 5 spot. We're going to talk about our teams. I lost last week, Cal.
2: Yeah, me too. And I'm not happy about it. Well, we're going to need uh, Dave Rutley to come on and, and help put us back on track today, I think. Yes, Rutley uh, will be
1: checking in with us in a couple of minutes. Uh, now, before we get to Dave, just one more thing, Cal, uh, about uh, in, in the NFL that was interesting. The, the beatdown that the Patriots put on the Dolphins the other day, Wow uh, or, or last night in that's Miami. Nice. Yeah, in Miami. That's two straight losses at home for the Dolphins in the AFC East. And let's just go around the NFL just a touch real real quick right here. That was I I felt shocked. I felt like I felt, I felt like uh you know Jason Bateman in uh Dodgeball. I feel shocked, Cotton. <laughs> but
2: what is up with their special teams? What a
1: disaster.
2: Yeah, I you know I can't take Miami seriously. They lose two games like that to the Jets and the Patriots back to back. They're only two home games of the year, you know. They took a 7-6 lead into halftime, Steve, and, and the Patriots came out and just dominated. In the yeah,
1: half.
2: they outscored them 35, I think, uh, what was it,
1: 35-7 after the, after the break or whatever. So Pat, Patrick Chung with uh, quite a big night. Yes, on the special teams with the block and the whatnot. And they had a block, block punt against the Jets the week before, Cal. Yeah, they did. Can't take the Dolphins seriously, but that was very interesting in the, NA, or in the AFC East. And then, of course, we're yeah. going to talk about the Giants and the NFC East. Uh, it was your first week with buys, and I think it's very interesting, Cal. It, you saw, um, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers be really tested against the the, the Lions. Uh, you saw the Saints be tested against Carolina, and you saw the Jags beat the Colts. Yeah. So now I don't, I don't even know
2: what to think.
1: Up, up is down, down is up. Cats and dogs, black is white. Dogs I just and cats living together.
2: I just don't know, Steve.
1: Yeah, I, no, it was, it was a nutty week. But I, I, you know, I, I wasn't able, and we'll get to this in the fun load, I wasn't able to really tune in this weekend. I had some stuff going on that I had to take care of. And so you know, to go back Sunday night, and we'll bring the swam in, in a little bit, uh, to go back Sunday night and see that the Jags beat the Colts. You know, if you, if you don't have uh, – and the Ravens beat the Steelers, that was another great game. If you don't have the Jets as the number one, two, or three team in the NFL right now,
2: I think you just don't like the Jets. Well, you know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. What is it? It's parody. It
1: is. <laughs> it is parody. Oh, boy, does Roger Goodell love you. <laughs> that's, that's his keyword. Hey, Cal, let's bring in uh, Dave Rutley right now from ffadvisor.com. And, Rutley, welcome back to the show for the Fantasy 5 spot, how are you, my friend?
4: I'm living the dream, Sam, How you doing, brother?
1: <laughs> Likewise. If the dream is, involves a studio in my office, in my house in Bayside, living the dream. I think it does. <laughs> uh, now, Dave, before we get to uh, our three teams and your advice for us for this particular coming week, week five in fantasy football, um, anything that stuck out? To, you know, your predictions last week, you, you said Lewis Murphy for me. You said Donovan, McNa- Donovan McNabb for Cal, and, yes. you said, and you said Beanie Wells for uh, Dr. E. Ray. How do you feel about your first performance? How do you feel about it?
4: I feel, I feel, I feel ashamed. I feel sad <laughs> a little bit inside. I'm going to my happy place, though. <laughs> you know, that's part of the danger of making predictions on Tuesday. You know, you, you, set, you don't set your lineup on Tuesday for a Sunday game. You set it on Saturday. Uh, Lewis Murphy knocked up all week, didn't practice at all.
1: Louis um, Murphy's he's, pregnant?
4: <laughs> he's pregnant. He was knocked up. It's really and that affects your ability to run the short routes. I don't know if you know that. You don't see a lot of pregnant guys run the quick outs.
2: How does so that, that appear pull on the, you down uh, there. How does that appear in the injury report?
4: <laughs> I think it's a KN. I think it's a KN.: oh, right.
1: <laughs> if it was Herm Edwards it would be he got a baby, He's gonna have a baby. Of course. He got he got a belly, He's gonna be out with a belly. <laughs> Uh, now, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think uh, your advice was good. At, you know, uh, Murphy had the clavicle issue and didn't, but he did play, and uh, you know, he could have had a big game. And there was a lot of, you know, the big guy in that game was Zach Miller, obviously, who uh, decided he wanted to play football this year. Uh, so, you know, Zach Miller had the big day for the Raiders. But all right, nice for to- him
4: to show up in Week Five, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Let's see him again. <laughs>
1: Let's get, to, uh, let's get to Cal. Cal, go ahead. You go first with uh, Dave Rutley, FFAdvisor.com. Hi, Dave. Advice of the
2: Week. Dave, I'm looking for a little advice this week. I've got two running backs I have to choose between. Um, i got Michael Bush. You now We know uh, Darren McFadden got banged up this week, so I'm, I'm wondering if, if Michael Bush is going to get a lot of playing time. But I also have the recently traded Marshawn Lynch, who was traded to Seattle today. Which of those two guys do you think is a better play for me this week?
4: Uh-oh. I like Michael Bush this week. I really do. I think Darren McFadden um, doesn't play well hurt. You know, he hasn't played well hurt in his entire NFL career, and he's he's been hurt pretty much his entire NFL career except for these <laughs> last four games. Um, so, you know, I think Michael Bush is going up against the San Diego team. It's a solid team. It's a very big offensive team. You'd hope the Raiders are smart enough to realize they've got to play a little bit of ball control here, uh, run the ball. And, you know, Darren McFadden – Probably not getting a lot of snaps. That means it's a, it's a good start for Michael Bush, who coming into this year, coming through preseason, was looking as the de facto starter until he hurt his uh, hand. So, you know, I think it's a good bounce back game for him. Um, I like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, you know, I think he's a, uh, you know, he, he's got some possibility there. Uh, though Pete Carroll really, really ran the um, the RBBC, the running back by committee in uh, college. Probably going to do a lot of the same thing in Seattle. So you're not going to see Marshawn Lynch get 20 carries in Seattle. You're going to see Leon Washington get some love. You're going to see Justin Forsett on every third down. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a wait-and-see approach with Marshawn Lynch. I think you slot in Michael Bush and feel pretty good about it.
1: Very good. Nice. Uh, Dr. Iray, you're up next with uh, Dave Rutley, ffadvisor.com. Go get it. How are you doing, Dave? I'm
4: doing great. How about you?
3: Good, pretty good. Okay, so I picked up John Kuhn off the waiver wire. Um, Green Bay's running back situation, is a little bit of a mess since Grant went down. Uh, what do you think about Kuhn the rest of the year? Um, you know, Brandon Jackson hasn't really been great.
5: No, Brandon
4: Jackson has not impressed. Um, Kuhn is a, he's a bruiser, a solid running back, uh, not a guy that you're going to want to start every week. But from a matchup perspective, if you see uh, one of the light teams on the on the docket, you see the Detroit Lions, maybe the St. Louis Rams, you know, someone along that ilk. That's probably somebody that you can slot Kuhn in and feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, again, not somebody your first or second starter, but a flex, a bi week fill-in. Yeah, I can definitely see that being a, a valuable pickup.
1: All right, Dave, my turn, Ruddles. Uh, let me. I, I actually have two questions in 27 parts. No. So, um, <laughs> The first one. The first question is, uh, I have I'm banged up. So you know, you know, you know, it's never good when you look at your team and there's 37 crosses, like the little red crosses on CBS Sports line, and like my entire lineup has a red cross next to it. A red That's not,
4: flashing lights on your yeah. on your docket. There, no nothing happy.
1: Not a good sign. Uh, so Vic will be out for me uh, this week. Lashawn McCoy broke a couple of ribs. Clinton Portis is hurt. Uh, I did not get Ryan Terrain off the waiver wire like I should have. Kobe Jones is hurt. Uh, I do have Joe Flacco, who I drafted to be my starting quarterback, so I think I'll go with him this week. Um, and, of course, I have the, uh, the all-character team, as I have Ben Roethlisberger and Vincent Jackson, who I drafted. Uh, character obviously not a prerequisite to be drafted by me.
4: I, you know, I think if you started Roth this week on his bye week, it would really show you're behind him, though. <laughs> and that, that may pay dividends come playoff time.
1: Right. Um, but the, So I, I got to think about the flex I'll, I'll start Des Bryant uh, Off the bye uh, Calvin Johnson of course had a great week last week Against St. Louis this week um, But uh, I could start Lewis Murphy again uh, In that in that flex spot Or I could start Braylon Edwards I, I'm leaning towards Braylon against Minnesota I know San Antonio Holmes is coming back But what would you do Dave?
4: Yeah you know I think you ride the hotter hand um, I, I think you're right I think your your inclination there is with Braylon Edwards is the right inclination. I don't don't like Braylon Edwards as a fantasy player uh, because he is so mattingly inconsistent, drops passes, doesn't finish routes. You know, he's just one of these guys that you slot in there and and you think he's going to deliver for you. And and it's, it's really a roll of the dice. Uh, That said, um, Sanchez is playing fantastic. That offense looks tremendous uh, with the running game, really setting up the passing game. Um, Yes. Um, I think he is the, the better play, the safer play, and, and, and the higher upside play this week, especially since you've got some bi-week challenges, you've got the injuries. You know, roll the dice with the guy that may deliver, you know, 10, 15, 18 points if he has a really great game versus Murphy, who probably on the top end, you know, gives you 12.
1: Right. Okay, so I'm going to go with that. Now, uh, when in, we want to know from the ffadvisor.com viewpoint, Uh, Who was the best? uh, And I guess you're going to debut that tonight, right, like uh, while we're on the air or whatever. Are you going to update the site and tell us who was the best last week uh, at the most positions, Dave? Yeah, so a couple
4: things happening over the site tonight. Um, You guys are the first to hear about it, though. It hasn't gone live yet. Uh, We're releasing our cumulative rankings, um, which is the past four weeks, who's been best across all positions, all sites. Uh, And the winner there is actually who I talked about, Last week, so the Fantasy Godfathers, um, wow. well into first place there. A site called FS Toolbox coming in second, and then a real uh, mishmash from third to about eighth. Uh, so if you only have time to go to one or two sites this week to look at places, you're looking at Fantasy Godfathers. You're looking at um, uh, FS Toolbox. This week, uh, one of the sites I want to tell you about real quick. It's called BrunoBoys.net. All right. um, we did a survey. It said. Uh, What's the best position? What's the most important position to understand from a ranking standpoint? All of our users said running back. Bruno Boys has the past two weeks been the top running back site. They give you a lot of great analysis, a lot of details, not just a list of rankings, but a lot of explanation to help you make those tough decisions.
1: Nice. So that's uh, B-R-U-N-O, boys, B-O-Y-S, dot com?
4: Dot net, yep. Dot net,
1: dot net. Awesome. And then the fantasy (laughs) The Fantasy Godfathers. I went to that site, Dave. That site is awesome. It's just hilarious. and it's just good uh, makes you laugh. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's great. They don't take it too seriously, and, you know, you look at it, and you're like, "Mingy my nudge, I've got to make a decision here. And you're a little bit out of line yourself, and it's all right, you know? That's right. Yeah, so uh, one more thing, Dave, before I let you go. I heard from a friend of ours uh, who said your spot last week was fantastic. However, he was a little upset that I did not reveal, probably because I forgot about this, but... I did not reveal that you are a very, very big uh, Redskins fan.
4: Is that correct? That is correct. That's why I'm living the dream today. Got to right. see my Skins beat Philly this weekend. What can be better right.
1: than that? No, uh, not, and Donovan McNabb was actually a pretty good play. He was a decent play if you had a, you know, somebody on a bye. Exactly uh, right. Which you said last week. But I, uh, I was told by this person, who shall remain nameless, Tar, Tar. Uh, that... I was—I should have revealed to the listening audience that your McNabb call was completely biased because you are a huge Redskins fan. <laughs> so, There's no uh,
4: bias in math. It's all numbers at this point.
2: That's right. Well, now, to be fair to Dave, I did bring up McNabb myself. Yes. I asked him about McNabb, so I want yes. to get him off the hook a little bit.
1: That's right. Well, Dave, awesome job again, as usual, and uh, the site, folks, is ff. Advisor. dot com, FFAdvisor. dot com, and uh, I'm living the dream too. Uh, even though I lost last week, I'm down to three and one. Uh, but uh, big rebound week, Dave. Big rebound week. All right,
4: best of luck, fellas.
1: Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you next week, pal. All
4: right, take care. Bye All now, right,
1: Dave, Dave Rutley from FFAdvisor.com. Awesome job, guys. I feel I feel knowledgeable. I feel like we just got knowledgeable.
2: How do you feel? I do feel like I know a little bit more than I did about 10 minutes ago.
1: Dr. Ray, how do you feel? Do you feel that Dave dropped knowledge on you? He dropped it like it's hot. Right. So we all had knowledge dropped, and it's mathematical, folks. It's science. You can't argue with that. You can, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> all right. 424-220-1817, the number to call uh, the phone lines are open. We're about to talk about the New York football Giants. But anything you want to talk about. NFL, Jets, Mets, Chankies, the New York Chankies, uh, the ALDS, anything but the Phillies. Uh, for, <laughs> was that out loud? Uh, Cal, the Giants had 10 sacks the other day and knocked out two quarterbacks out of the game Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, what struck me uh, immediately was, of course, we had Ron Bryness on last week uh, to talk about the Giants. He did a fantastic job. He said, hey, guys, too early. Don't push the panic button. He also made the reference or referred back to the Giants of their Super Bowl run where they were one and two. The defense was a mess. It's a disaster under spags. And then they had an outing just like the one they had Sunday
2: night. Cal, do they turn and burn here? I I don't know because they 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 go up a real tough against a real tough Houston team this week. Um I think you got to take it week by week with this team. It's definitely too early. It was too early to say that they were out of it at one and two. But it's also too early to say that they're now now that they're two and two they're going to turn it on and and just run off five or six in a row. Um it, it's just it's too early. You got to and they look so different from week to week. That's the other thing that, that, that really bothers me about them, is this week the defense was just dominating. We haven't seen that from them this year. They had nine sacks in the first half, Cal. They, they, I mean, they could have been arrested, actually, for the way that they treated Jay Cutler.
1: That's correct. They did, everything but, take, they did everything but take his wallet.
2: I think they took his wallet.
1: <laughs>
2: I thought I saw them walk off with his wallet.
1: He's not like the guy in Back to the Future. I think that guy took his wallet.
2: They took his wallet. They took
1: his clothes. They yeah. took his
2: girlfriend.
1: They went to Santa Claus, Indiana and took yeah. his
2: uh, – isn't he from Santa Claus, Indiana? I don't know.
1: I believe he is. Maybe Dr. Erick can look that up for us. I can't um, huge game out of the defense. A Really, really ugly game. Uh, without without Kiwanuka, too. Without Kiwanuka. A really, really ugly game. I know some of the Bears fans uh, – I have some friends that are Bears fans that went to the game and said that there were a lot of Bears fans there. Um, I think Santa Claus, Indiana. I knew it. Uh, cause how do you forget that? The guy's from Santa Claus.
2: Well, the Giants stole Christmas from him too. There you go. Oh man. Right? That's a terrible job by you. Um, they stole Christmas.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, then they knocked out the, 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 the Tom Collins mixer. Uh, they knocked him out of the game. Really just an ugly, ugly football game, but a win's a win. And did Tom Coughlin sort of put the,
2: you know, the vultures at bay for a week? Yeah, I think so. Um, the way that they performed, I, th- I think Perry Fuel certainly put the vultures at bay. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody, everybody's been waiting for that signature giant win, uh, the, way that the way the Giants play. Defense and running the ball and defense. You know? Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I agree. I mean it was giant football. Ahmad Bradshaw had a very big day. The offense didn't look very good, but the Sheesh. offense got the job done. Uh, Cal, you look at this team at two and two, you look at the NFC East, um, you have uh, They're in first place. Yeah, I mean they're they're in first place. Cowboys were on a bye, so they're one and two uh and, and Philadelphia loses to, uh, to Washington and gets their quarterback knocked out. I have no idea what to make of the NFC East. Everybody says it's like the best division in football. Are they just all mediocre? <laughs> you know, I'm not getting that this year. Yeah, I, I'm not getting that either. And I'm not sure where the... Where do you think the best division is fo- in football is shaping up, Cal? Right now?
2: Ah, oh, boy. The AFC East is really good. I think the A- AFC North is probably the best division in football right now because you got Baltimore, you got Pittsburgh, and you got Cincinnati. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I, and really and you team. know what?
1: And you know what? The Browns are frisky.
2: They could be frisky. The Browns can be
1: frisky a little bit there. You know, so I mean, they're they're not a very good team, the Browns, but they're going to give you a game, especially think, in Cleveland. I think the AFC Norris is where it is too.
2: I think it's in the north. I think the South is good also because you've got Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston. Three really good teams. Yeah. But and I, Jacksonville is, is
1: frisky. But cow, what to make of Indianapolis? I mean, we talked about it a couple minutes ago with the Jags beating them, and we thought the Jags were awful, awful.
2: We did think that. I thought they were on their way to
1: a 4-12 season. They could still be. And I thought Maurice Jones-Drew owners were on their way to uh, trading or releasing him. Yeah, well... You know, yes, and, and Dr. Ray points out, and rightfully so, they always play the Colts well, yes. They always play the Colts tight, but I didn't expect the Colts to win. And, and, and we've seen a lot better versions of the Jags, you know, play the Colts, uh, Colts well. I didn't think they would play them well enough to beat them.
2: No, and it, and it was kind of a fluke thing at the end of the game, a 59-yard field goal yes. to win. Yes. And only because the Colts called timeout. Really a, a strange move by Jim Caldwell.
1: Yes. Well, you know
2: what? Jim Caldwell is living
1: the dream. Speaking of living the dream, I guess so. Jim Caldwell was handed, you know, a pretty good team. Uh, I, are we sure that Jim Caldwell can coach yet?
2: Uh, I'm not sure yet,
1: because we know that uh, Peyton Manning is coaching the offense. And uh, I'm. What does he do?
2: Jim Caldwell. I think he just lets Peyton Manning tell him what to do.
1: Yeah. I. I what
2: does he have a function? Not really. He stands there with the, with a baseball cap on. That's correct. Uh now go, go very, back to the judge, Giants. very judgmental. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Um going back to the Giants, I think I think lost in the hoopla of this win. We have a we have a little bit of an issue with Brandon Jacobs. That's just bubbling below the surface cuz Jacobs Ooh. didn't Jacobs did not play a lot in that game. And when they brought him into the game, he scored a touchdown. He did. Okay? Made it 17-3 when he scored that touchdown. And he did not look happy about it. The cameras caught him the entire time. Hmm. And, he didn't, and he's not happy with his role. He wasn't happy that Ahmad Bradshaw went off for 130 yards and was really the star of the game. And I, I, just, I think that if they win, it's not going to be as big a problem. But I really think it bears watching this whole Brandon Jacobs situation because he could prove to be a distraction on this team.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think we, we've we talked about it, you know, recently, uh, as recently as last week with Ron Brynes, as we did, Cal, that the idea that the Giants don't seem to jettison malcontents. You know, no. they seem to kind of just put up with it and hope it goes away, you know, and uh, they, uh, the, the the Giants really have to pay close attention to that. They also seem to have settled down Antrell Roll for a week. He was quiet. That was good. Yeah. They, no, it was nice. <laughs> You know, because you're wondering when Antrell is going to just spout off this week about how he doesn't (laughs) like the food in the commissary or something. (laughs) Something he's not happy about or the the property taxes in Jersey, whatever. Uh, But it was a very good win for the Giants. They they now seem to be wildly inconsistent. So until they put together a little winning streak, they have the, the Texans coming up this week, Cal. That's a tough game in Houston. In Houston. That's tough. A team they have, you know, they're not familiar with at all. You wonder if uh, the Matt Schaub air show, the air laser light show, um, is going to be in town and intact, and you know if Andre Johnson is going to be healthy uh, because he's been banged up. And, and it, it, That's a tough task for the Giants defensively. Let's see what this defense can do against uh, Arian Foster and his 220 yards a game.
2: Yeah, well, they were able to stop Matt Forte. And they were able to. And the Bears' offensive line is really, you know, the the Giants had a great game. Don't get me wrong, but the offensive line of the Bears is nothing to uh, to brag about.
1: Are they a smoke and mirrors? Were they a smoke and mirrors three and Cal? Because they had they had a big win against the
2: Packers. Yeah, but it was was, a big win on Monday night. But it was a game that they they shouldn't have won. They were outplayed in that game, and they just you know they lucked their way into that game because the Packers self destructed. Right. So it was
1: a game they were dominated, and uh, they won anyway.
2: I don't All think right. the bear, I don't think the bears are for real.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I don't think the bears are for real either. And I know I got a buddy of mine right now, uh, who's <laughs> Hurricane Ditka, uh, who is infuriated right now. If he's listening, Craig, if you're listening, hey, call up, refute it, refute it. But you were there the other night, and they still—they just sacked your quarterback again. They—they just, they just knocked another quarterback out of the game, and Jim McMahon is coming in. <laughs> So the, other, the only other thing, and we're going to get to the Swami in just a sec here, Cal. Uh, the only other thing that was interesting to me was Tiki Barber getting booed yeah, mercilessly uh, during his halftime Ring of Honor uh, presentation because he spouted off during the week about Coach Tom Coughlin losing the team. Uh, that's not classy.
2: It really, well, you know, it really couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, though. <laughs> wow.
1: I'm throwing, it, I'm throwing it
2: out against Tiki. What do you got against the Teakster? Not a real fan of, of Tiki Barber. Um, I didn't like his act when he played here. I certainly didn't like his act when he left here. Wow. And, and I think he deserves whatever reaction he gets.
1: So you didn't want to see him on like the, you know, the Today Show? You don't tune in to see Tiki on the Today Show?
2: I watched Tiki on the Today Show and he was awful. And there's a reason why he's no longer on the Today Show.
1: I mean, because he, so you're saying he stinks at that, stinks think, at the morning talk show host thing.
2: That's tough because it's think, it's really hard to screw that up. Yeah, I think as a morning talk show host, he's a pretty good running back.
1: Oh, bada bing! Look at you, what you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Doctor Iray, wondering uh, to us over, I am. Uh, you know, how could Barbara say that before his Ring of Fire abduction? <laughs> I don't think it's called that, but uh, it should be. Whether or not, you know, why would you do that? It's, it's a typical Tiki Barber move.
2: It's, it's a lack of self-awareness that you yeah, it showed a propensity for.
1: It's just to come out the week that you're getting inducted into the ring of honor for the team that you played for, to come out and rip them in the press.
2: Look, everybody, and the most telling thing was Lawrence Taylor, who, is, who was arrested for rape not too long ago, <laughs> got, a, got a standing ovation, and Tiki Barber got booed out of the building. Yeah,
1: so Giant fans confused. Uh, maybe you booed the wrong guy, you know. But LT's LT. LT's been doing stuff, you know. I mean, LT's been doing stuff wrong for a hundred years. Uh, he's doing, you know, he's uh, whether it was crack cocaine or it, it didn't really matter. As long as LT sacked the quarterback, it's
2: just LT being LT.
1: Right. So LT can, you know, allegedly uh, uh, rape a fifteen-year-old girl, but don't say anything bad about Tom Coughlin.
2: You will right. be booed right out of the stadium. Correct. I, um, somebody on the radio had a, had a good point that they should have just um, – I forgot who said it. Oh, it was, it was Simmons on the podcast. Yes. He should have had Rondé Barber go and take his spot. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and no one would have known, being that they're identical twins.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a good call, Dr. Ehrer. We'll try to avoid using that word uh, that we use from here on in. It's an uncomfortable word. I'm sorry, but I was just reading the charges.
2: It was alleged. Legitimate. It's a legi- legitimate charge. He was arrested.
1: Allegedly. That's what he was arrested for. It's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks, if I offended anyone. Well, let's bring in the Swami. How about that intro for the Swami? Uh, let's bring in the Swami. Swami, welcome to the show. Uh, ready to unload here with Cal and Sam Pete. Uh, uh, coming off a, uh, uh, a week in which it was not your finest work in uh, prognosticating well, the games.
5: I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to greet everyone with the uh, possible new name for the Swami, because it seems like uh, people uh, expect me to come up with a new name. The contest didn't go well, I understand. There were two entries, none of which <laughs> we could publish on the air.
1: That's correct.
5: <laughs> I know. We can go with uh, Count Broccoli.
1: Let's, let's go with Count Broccoli tonight. I like it. I tonight like tonight
5: we'll do Count Broccoli And uh, I have to tell you right now, I'm calling from McCarran Airport. Is that right? That's right. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I have the shirt on my back, and I have my picks in my hand.
1: Wow. And so uh, this sounds like a country western song. Could be. (laughs) Or at least the start of one.
5: I I do have my pickup truck with my shotgun rack as well. Last week, by the way, I was not alone. I was not alone in my... um, miscalculations. Uh, no. It seems like uh, everyone, to a man or or a person, had picked Green Bay over Detroit. That's correct. Like, what happened? Right. And, like, everybody, almost, almost, I would say, like a gazillion people, uh, picked Indianapolis over Jacksonville.
1: Also correct. Right.
5: So I yeah, went Yeah, no, along, there were some
1: shockers. There were some shockers there, Swamy. There were some think went. You went three and three last week, is that correct?
5: Three and three. I I did yes, I did have my my strength kept alive on my Monday night game. That's right. But that as we like to say, that's history.
1: Yes. I one question before you get to this week's uh, week five. Questions pick. are good. What are you doing in McCarran Airport?
5: Uh well I'm 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 leaving Las Vegas.
1: Ah, oh, okay. I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to check what you, how did, how did, did you, you think
5: I was true? Did you think I was in McCarran Airport you know, looking for work?
1: <laughs> I was unsure of how you got to McCarran Airport, because I never ah, know... Ah, well, that's
5: another, that, that's another story how I got here.
1: Right. I but, never know uh, where in the world you are. Right.
5: As well, as, as well very few people do.
1: Right. So we're you're in McCarran in fifth... Vegas. I got it. Okay.
5: Right. We're, we're, we're going into the fifth week. Uh, things are starting to come... To some form of uh, boil in certain aspects. I noticed that you were talking about the Giants and the Jets. And uh, do you? Th- and let me ask you, people: Do you think it's an anomaly what happened with Sanchez in these last two games?
2: As far as as far as him playing well,
5: well, as far as him uh, putting on the uh, air of a professional uh, quarterbacker. Coming, coming into his own.
6: No, I, th- I think that
5: back, I think he's going to go back to the Mark Sanchez. That you know, uh, I I, I kind of feel uh, you know, his potential is uh, not not uh, developed yet.
2: I, th- I think he runs the risk of reverting back at any moment. So we just have to ride it as, as much as we can.
5: Exactly. I have the same kind of. Uh, I had felt that way uh, during the year about uh, Reyes with the Mets. You know, Oof. And lo and behold, Manaya, may he rest in peace. But anyhow, back on, on <laughs> week five. Yes. Back on week five.
1: Yes, Cal Brocco. You said the R word. We were staying away from Reyes. <laughs> exactly.
5: I mean, the man does have thyroid problems.
1: Yes, and we, we have no idea why. And, and right? I'm glad
5: Dr. E. Ray pointed out the fact that uh, LT It's an alleged rape.
1: That's correct. That's great. I said alleged. I thought I said. Alleged. I know.
5: I know. You, I know right. the correction was made, and as well, it bodes for your professionalism that you would actually have some people on staff that know the true meaning of <laughs> right. you know, an allegation. <laughs> what do you got now, you I think the toughest game this week to pick, believe it or not, is the Buffalo Jacksonville game. Okay, they're playing <laughs> at Buffalo. You know, I don't think anybody really cares. You know <laughs> who wins, but uh, except maybe you know a couple of Buffalo fans who I haven't figured it out yet. But uh, I think that's the toughest one. I'm going to stay away from that one right now. I think we're going to okay. go into well, let, let's go into Baltimore uh, and, and Denver. Denver's coming into Baltimore. Uh-huh. Not exactly overmatched. I would. Uh, yeah, you know, the underdog is, is probably I don't know, I don't haven't checked anything, uh, but I I guess the underdog would be Denver. That's correct. Yeah, uh, so uh that usually doesn't worry me too much, but uh after the game that Baltimore had with Pittsburgh and you know, I don't even want to remember the results of that game but uh, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm going with uh, I guess I'm gonna go with with Buffalo.
1: With Buffalo? You mean
5: Baltimore? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they Both start with B. Uh, I <laughs> guess I'm going to go uh, with Baltimore. Okay. All right, so we'll take Baltimore.
1: What else do you uh,
5: got? The, the Colts in Kansas City. I got it. I have to go. I have to go with the Colts. All right. I mean, we'll see what happens this week, but, I mean, I know – there there's been some changes of manpower through the injuries like their safety and stuff but uh-huh. I'm going to go with the Colts.
1: All right, so the Colts, so Colts Had Colts KC, their first loss. What else you got?
5: Yeah, I I think an easy one possibly is uh Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. You know, okay. I would I would I would, I would take uh, Cincinnati.
1: All right. Oh, I like that one. Okay.
5: Right. Uh, and
1: uh what else you got?
5: At the nation's capital Montana that's exactly right <laughs> we have We have uh, Green Bay playing at Washington.
1: yes, interesting game.
5: yeah, it really is i mean I, I was I was looking back over some of the the uh statistics of both teams, and uh it's, it, I think it'll be a decent game, you know, I don't know if the weather will play a a, a factor, but we're going to go with Green Bay. All right, all right. We'll take Green Bay. Now, now, uh, uh, a game that that should be like a run around, you know, a run away, actually, a uh, run around. Well, you may run around if you run away. Uh, is New Orleans at Arizona? Okay. I mean, the the Saints uh, predictively should should take Arizona. I mean, I should take Arizona. <laughs> to get together we can go out there for the weekend to hope hope uh, RTU sports staff and take Arizona. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, the team from Nola will take the the Saints. All right. And, and now, the last one I think I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna touch base on. This is a tough one too for me. I was I was looking at Dallas and and, and you know they're going to be playing at Dallas. Tennessee's coming in. Yeah. Dallas is to me. Too inconsistent to call. I know? agree. So I'll stay away from that one. Uh, I guess the next one I would, and the last one, would be uh, San Francisco or Philadelphia. Right. Uh, not so much, you know. I, I I don't know who's picking what. Maybe you guys do. I would have a tendency to think that the odds makers may be uh, giving a little nod to San Francisco.
1: Yes, so they're playing right.
5: at San Francisco.
1: Right. Their performance last week, San Francisco beating
5: uh, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: up on Atlanta, right?
5: Exactly. And if they can carry through the momentum, uh, they have a good shot. But Philadelphia being Philadelphia, well, one never knows. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, re- uh, a reversal here. I'm going to go against the, the, the spread and take Philadelphia to San Francisco.
1: Philadelphia <laughs> over the Niners.
5: Yeah. All right, so just to Even recap. Even though they're playing at home.
1: And Let's recap the the last long.
5: one would be the Monday night game.
1: Yes, the Jets and, and the you Vikings. Know, of
5: course, i like to stay away from the home teams. Yes, you do. You
1: know. Uh, but we want to hear it. What do you got?
5: Well, I, I, this is not a pick. This is just a, a, a synopsis. As I said before about the performance of Sanchez, and of course I understand there are many more people on that team besides the quarterback. Uh if he shows up uh as he did in the last two games, uh, I think they, they should get they
6: should get the the w all
5: right but, but oh, you know that that's the iffy thing in this. all right but you know, Monday night you know maybe the makeup guys or his, his cosmic timing maybe off and right, and Minnesota may just do something completely obscene and and Buck the odds, you know, but okay. so that, I'll stay away from it.
1: So you're not going to tell – you've got to give me a winner in that game. You can't do that.
5: I can't?
1: No, you've got to pick that game. I'm demanding it. Okay.
5: All right.
1: Come on, Count well, Broccoli. Don't let us down on that. Logic,
5: we're, we're not doing a point spread, so, no. you know, I, I guess uh, going against my better judgment – well, I guess it is my better judgment. We'll take the Jets.
1: All right. Now, now Swam, we have a question for you. Uh, ah, from, a question. From, from a listener. I think it's uh, from Wait, PJ. One moment. a question. Yeah, from PJ in New Jersey. Uh, Dr. E. Ray, what's uh, PJ's question?
3: Uh, PJ wants to know, uh, Swam, uh, I'm sorry, Count Broccoli, uh, what's the game you uh, feel like is the best bet, short thing? What, you've got 50 uh, hours to bet on a game, but well, what's your best bet? The lock
5: of the week. If I, had, if I was wagering anything, a per chance. I guess the, the game I would go with uh, would
1: probably be Cincinnati. All right, the, the Count Broccoli Lock of the Week. Lock it up. Yeah. I like it. Cincinnati over Tampa Bay, that's the Count Broccoli Lock of the Week.
5: That's what we're going to call it.
1: I love it. Oh, excellent. All right, Swam, great job. We'll talk to you next week, pal, or Count Broccoli, as it were. I apologize. We're, we're, we'll
5: come up with a total of the win-loss overall, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll come up with a, a percentage.
1: Yeah, I still we'll think come
5: up... I'm on the positive side.
1: I, you're definitely still on the plus side. You picked a lot of games this week, so this is a big week for Cal Broccoli. Very big week.
5: Going yeah, Fifth week, I had a, a little more information to rely on. Right. I also had a lot of time at the airport here waiting for right. my connections
0: because right.
5: I unfortunately decided that it's better to go home with the shirt on your back uh, as opposed to anything else.
1: Amen. Have you ever
5: been to McCarran Airport, any of you?
1: I sure have. I won uh, one hundred and fifty dollars well, in a slot machine there.
5: <laughs> well, that's it. You you know they do have they do have gambling and wagering, which is against my my uh, better nature to try any of that. That's right. Uh, but they have a great uh, pulled pork sandwich in one of the restaurants here.
1: <laughs> we'll check it out. Thanks, Swam. We'll talk to you down the road. Keep your powder dry, pal. You'll get
5: my restaurant critique next week.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so long, Swam. Take
5: care, guys. Right.
1: All right, the Swami checking in and. Uh, you know, doing a fantastic job there, <laughs> Cal. <laughs> Finding out about the pulled pork at McCarran Airport and Count Broccoli uh, really doing it. And uh, I kind of like that name. That might stick.
2: I think it flows, you know, Count Broccoli. Count like Broccoli, it.
1: you know, yeah. he's, the, he's the count of uh, NFL picks. That's right. And uh, why not Count Broccoli? Why not? Uh, all right, Cal, it's time for the fun load, the RTU fun load. Uh, and uh, t- tonight in the fun load, we wanted to uh, – oh, uh, thank you, Dr. E. Ray. The picks, uh, Count Broccoli's picks for week five are up on the site. Thank you, Dr. E. Ray. So you can check that out. And, of course, he only picks to win with no spread, but he likes it that way. He has a good time with it. We have a good time with it. And everybody wins, Cal. Everybody's a winner.
2: Everybody's a winner in this game.
1: Exactly. So now, the uh, RTU fun load tonight is about the DVR, Cal. The DVR. I want to talk about the DVR. I want to talk about the etiquette involved with the DVR. Now, we've mentioned on this show before that we feel like the DVR is maybe the greatest invention of the aughts. The perfection of the DVR. It's been around for a while. I understand that. But it has changed sports viewing uh, in its entirety. Okay. So now let me let me just set the scene for you, Cal. Go. Okay. This weekend I had some uh, obligations. You, you know, it's happened to every one of us sports fans. You got a big obligation. You cannot watch the game. Okay. You cannot watch the game. You are DVRing the game. All right. And you are trying not to get a score. Trying not to get a score. This happened to me this weekend. I was DVRing the game. However, I was able to watch the first half of the jet game. Okay. So I got to where uh, the, the obligation, uh, the place that I had to go. My brother was there, okay, and I sat down next to him and I said, immediately, not thinking, 17-7 at the half. And my brother and sister-in-law lost their minds. We're taping the game. You don't just do that. You don't sit next to somebody.
2: And now it turns into a Curb Your Enthusiasm,
1: you know, episode.
2: Now, just back up for a second. Well, you You were recording the second half, but you had seen the first half, right? Correct. Now, you did not know that your brother was recording the entire game. That's right. So, very innocently, you revealed the score of the first half. Since you had seen it, you just assumed that everyone else had
1: seen it. I assumed that he was going to be on the same program with me, because the place that we had to be, uh, we didn't have to be there uh, until after the first half. So, I assumed that's what he was going with as well. Okay. And that assumption cost him and cost me it cost you too cost me big now my sister-in-law was wise to point out the etiquette there is ask you gotta ask exactly we gotta say you gotta say are you taping the game exactly now dvr cal has set this up for us this is an actual etiquette thing
2: you know i what did i text you guys on sunday well, it started. It started with Dr. E. Ray sending a text about Tomlinson. It was an innocent text. It didn't reveal too much, and right away you responded, DVRing the game, guys. Right. And that and that ended. That removed you from the conversation. That's right. So I immediately was. It, it, there's an etiquette
1: here, and we have to be aware of it uh, for sports watching. Now
2: I do this all the time with the Mets. I did this almost all season. Oh, and, and let me tell you, with two young kids who go to bed around 8 o'clock, right. the DVR has saved me countless times because I'm not available to watch the beginning of the game. Sure. So I, DV, I DVR the beginning of the game, get the kids in bed, fire up the DVR, fast forward through the commercials, cuts the time of the game in, in half while right. I'm watching it. Right. No, I, 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 it, this has uh, happened for us with regular
1: television as well. You know, the, we're gonna bring Doctor Iray in here in a second, but I, I did this with uh, Top Chef. I watched Top Chef, okay? I'm, I'm I'm and I'm completely proud of it. The wife and I love Top Chef. Uh, it's Nothing a great show. It's a great show. It's a fantastic yeah. show. And another friend of ours, uh, Dan, uh, you know, is a Top Chef fan as well. It was one of those things we discovered by accident. We were out eating, and I was eating with the fork backwards, huh, like tasting the food that way. And he looked, took one look at it, and he's like, you watch Top Chef, don't you? And we discovered that we both like Top Chef, right? So a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks into this season, I texted him the next day, you know, you, you got uh, Hard Knocks and Top Chef on the same night, and I can't believe they kicked so-and-so off or whatever, right? And he texted me back simply, didn't watch it yet, DVR'd, not cool, man. <laughs> and then we didn't speak for like four days. Like, I really thought he was, like, really, really mad at me that I ruined it. You know, you can really ruin – Now, uh, Dr. Ray wants to talk about this uh, and has something to say. But the DVR, is, there's a lot you can spoil. You can spoil somebody's whole day and whole operation. Yeah, I, I have to be
3: honest with you guys. I, I don't get this at all. Like, um, Cal, quick <laughs> question before I get into this here. Cal, okay. when you are DVRing your select game – do you shut the world out like Steve does? Like Absolutely.
2: Does? Absolutely. Now, I, I Shut it
3: out. Then I'm going to lump you in here because I just don't get this. Like, I personally, I could, could never do that. If there's a game going on for some reason, I need to know, you know, I don't care if anyone gives me the score. Give it to me. I, I don't want to – a game can't be spoiled for me. I want to know immediately what's happening, and I just don't understand it at all. Honestly. All
2: right, let me give you an example. I, drove my, I had to pick my mother up from the airport last night around 1030. Okay, she came in at 10.30, had to leave the house, luckily close by, so left the house around 9.30, which was right in the middle of the football game. So before I left, I hit record on the game, okay? I could have listened to the game on the way to the airport and, and you know, filled the game. I chose not to. I put the iPod on, listened to a little music, had some nice conversation with my mother. It was that nice. Is so insane. That is just so now listen insane to me. me. Now listen, <laughs> now, and now when I come back home... <laughs> When I come home, I now I have to shut the computer off because I can't because I can't let the score be revealed to me. I just have to watch the game. Works very nice for me. Uh, now now do uh, you
3: hear? Uh, go ahead. Uh, do you hear you guys? Do you hear your, your insanity? I mean, listen. <laughs> if this isn't like a season finale of your favorite show, where you know you kind of want every, you don't want everyone else to spoil it for, this is a, a game. I mean, you, you want to know right away? A sports fan wants to know right away what's going on with the team in real time. Uh,
1: I, all right, let me, just, let me just say this, okay? Here's the reason that I got into this, all right? And maybe Dr. Uriah, maybe this will clear this up for you, but, uh, and Cal. As you know, I was an actor for a long time, okay? And That's I did true. a lot of theater, and I was in a lot of shows. And sometimes those shows run on Sunday, okay? The DVR was invented for me <laughs> because I, I would be doing a show, and I can't even get a score, I'm on stage, and That's I'm, certainly, true. I'm certainly not during the show going to go off in the wings when I'm off stage and get a quick score. You know what I mean? I can't do that. And, and, and how this came up for me uh, was 1998-99, uh, Jets playing uh, the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game. This is pre-DVR. Right. This is VCR time. Correct. But this is the first time I ever did this, and the VCR, and the DVR just allows me to do it with such ease. Okay, AFC Championship game, I'm uh, on tour with a Broadway show. We're in Houston, Texas. I have two shows to do on Sunday, a matinee and an evening show. Uh, the Jets are in the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1981 and the first time in my adult life. Uh, I taped the game, did not get a score the whole day. Went through the whole day and watched the game as if in real time that night. hmm and this set that in motion for me going forward that I can DVR a game. I don't want to know. I want to watch it as if it's happening just then. Totally agree. You know, but, but largely because I started doing that during shows when I was doing you know, a play. That's how I got a DVR. I was doing a play at Ensemble Studio Theater. And a friend of mine, I, I said it was a Sunday play. It was a Sunday brunch. That was the name of the show. Right? And a friend of mine said they got this new thing called a DVR. Time Warner has it. You've got to get it. This way, you can, you, can, you know, uh, tape the game, video, you know, DVR the game, and watch it whenever you want, and break it up, and it's right on your screen, and it's, you know. And it was, I, I almost wept. I almost wept. Cal, let's take a call on this, shall we? Uh, let's take a call. Hello there. Welcome to Ready to Unload. PJ from New Jersey. You are on with Cal and Sam P. What's up, man? Let me get this straight. Yes. There is a way to tape a game
6: and watch it? This is new to me. That's correct.
0: She's,
1: All right. I'm down with it. Is you to your life. <laughs> is there an 800 number that I call to get this? Well, uh, you should call your local cable provider. Um, and uh, you have cable television, correct? Right?
6: I'm sorry, what?
1: Yeah, or are you still getting it through your VCR?
2: There's a cable connecting the VCR to the TV. <laughs> TJ, all you've got to do is send a self-addressed stamped envelope to yes. the company, and they will yes. mail you the information.
6: I'm down. Listen.
2: Yes. This
6: is, this is uh, an etiquette issue. Yes. You don't spill the – people only DVR programs which are meaningful to them.
1: A great and point. therefore,
6: it, it's it's a it's a spoiler thing.
1: Yep. You know. No, it's true. It's, it's true. It's and an I spoiler. Right. I threw the etiquette out the window, Peach. I mean, I, I absolutely threw the etiquette out the window, and I thought my brother was going to throw me out the window. Mm-hmm. Which you I've know, seen him do. Yes. <laughs> which you've been privy to. Is there anything that you DVR, uh, PJ, that uh, you've had spoiled for you? You know, TV shows or sporting event or something. World Series of Poker. Is that right? World Series of
6: Poker got blown all the hell to for me one year, and that's that's terrible. I love my poker. That's the closest thing to like a season's worth of sports that I ever watch.
1: Right, <laughs> and somebody ruined it for you.
6: Yes, I don't want to hear you. So my my, I, I walk into my father-in-law's house, and he's like, "Can you believe it? Ace on the river." i said, like, "What?
1: <laughs> don't you tell me that?" Ridiculous. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, I, 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 I tell you, the, the etiquette for this, there, somebody should write a book. There's our book idea, Cal.
6: It's a very simple etiquette. The next day, all bets are off. But if it's the same day as a sporting event, right. then you don't, you don't discuss the game until you ask, have you seen it yet?
1: Right. It's, it's too be... much of
6: a commonplace device to not ask that question now, have you seen it yet?
1: Right. There's got to be a chapter in the book, without a doubt. that you just, it has to, You're absolutely right. It has to become a commonplace question. Have you yes. seen? If not, then then go. Go ahead, E-Ray. Yeah, E-Ray. I wanted to add one more thing. Yeah,
3: listen, I'll I'll honor it, but I think it's stupid.
6: Well, well you're, you're more like you're more like Joe Friday. You're more like just the facts, ma'am. You don't <laughs> you don't really need to see the whole thing play out.
1: But don't you and, and E-Ray, Don't you can't you see the idea of like being in a place? You, you're a doctor. You go into surgery or something, for four hours, and you can't watch any of the Jet games. You and you're DVRing it, you want updates?
3: Yes, I want to know immediately what's going on with my team.
1: But you can't watch
3: it. And then, and then later on, later on, if I want, I can go through the game real quick to see exactly what happened, but I want to know what's going on immediately.
0: That's
6: hey, that's guess. valid, too. No, that's completely <laughs> valid.
3: That's completely
6: valid, but he, you, he should not then call Steve up and say, That's right. You know, if he's got the score, but he doesn't know if Steve has the score, he doesn't say, "Hey, did you see that 17-10 route?" Don't say right. it. Respect
1: the etiquette. Respect. You know, you may not agree with it, Doctor e. Ray, and you you often do. If I if I you know text you and say I'm DVRing the game, you don't you don't blow it for me. But I uh, oh, I
3: always I always honor your uh, your wishes.
1: <laughs> you respect. Well, not always. There's a couple of things. A couple of things. Anyway. Uh, thank that's you another for
3: chapter ca- in the book
1: <laughs> thanks for the call PJ we'll talk to you down the road pal I love you all <laughs> All right, PJ checking in from New Jersey and uh, so uh, yeah very very interesting uh, uh, topic for the fun load we'll, we'll definitely talk about it some more thanks again for the call PJ uh, we'll talk about it some more down the line because uh, frankly it's, it's, it's really interesting to me the DVR is just such a wonderful invention and I'm so glad that TiVo didn't like get to hog it all you know what I mean? I'm glad that it just didn't – I'm glad that Time Warner got it and all the other places got it. I love it so much. All right. It is time for the Doctor is in segment with Dr. E. Ray Stat, uh where we go around the world of sports and uh, Dr. E. Ray shoots some quickies at us. So, uh, Dr. E. Ray, let's, let's, we should, let's get right to it with Dr. E. Ray and, uh, you know, let's, let's go right into this, Dr. E. Ray. Go ahead. Fire away. Go, go, go.
3: All right, latest reports out of uh, Minnesota and uh, New England is that uh, Randy Moss is uh, possibly going to be traded to the Vikings for possibly a third-round pick. Now, my question to you guys is, uh, let's do it, Let's start off with Cal. Why would the Pats do this?
2: I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a lot more to the story. Something happened with Moss and Belichick. Um, he, got, he didn't get any catches last night, but everything seemed like it was okay. Um, it's amazing to think that they would trade Randy Moss, but it, it looks like it might happen. And, and Sam P.
3: what does this do, you know, say for the Vikings?
1: Well, I think it says a lot for both the Vikings and the pass. You know, I, th- I think Randy Moss not having any catches yesterday was the first time maybe in his career that he started and didn't have any catches or, uh, you know, one of the few times, if ever, he really seemed to be an afterthought. He dropped a very easy touchdown pass on a fake spike by Brady. I think what it says for the Vikings is that they're desperate for receiver help and that Sidney Rice is probably out for the season and they want to get a deep breath for Favre. Uh, I think it's a trade that actually makes sense for both teams. I think Randy Moss's uh, time with New England should be done, so I would not be surprised if it gets done.
3: All right, very good um, so let's let's stay with you, Sam Pete. Um, suspension season is ready. Uh, you know uh, Christmas come early for the Steelers and the Jets, both three and one. They get Roethlisberger and Holmes uh,
1: respectively. With these additions,
3: are we looking at the AFC championship matchup here?
1: uh could very well be I mean it's an interesting. Thing For the Jets to get We talked about getting Holmes back at this point When the offense is really rolling And has won a game for the Jets And, and, you know, uh, bowied the defense To a victory They get Santana Moss back to an offense That is completely clicking Now on the other side, with Roethlisberger going back to the Steelers The Steelers have managed uh, To play pretty well without Ben Roethlisberger That defense is obviously back Coming off a tough loss to the Ravens And they get a bye week this week Which is huge Uh, to get Roethlisberger back acclimated there. Uh, The Charlie Batch era is once again over. Uh, It could be an AFC uh, championship game preview. I think they're the two best teams in the AFC thus far. Um, And, you know, Christmas done come early for those teams.
5: (laughs) I'm in
3: agreement with you there. Uh, Let's move on. Cal, you mentioned earlier that uh, the Bills were possibly the worst team in the NFL. Um, and, you know, we, Steve just said that those two teams, Steelers and Jets, could be what we're looking at for the you know, the AFC championship. Who's the best team in the NFC, Cal?
2: The best team in the NFC, that's a that's a tough call. I, my first instinct would be Green Bay, but Green Bay did lose to Chicago, and they struggled to beat a Detroit team this week. So I don't know about Green Bay. New Orleans is not really – they're 3-1, but they haven't really dominated like you expected them to. They struggled – to, uh, to win this weekend as well. Um, best team in the in the NFC, gun to my head, I'm going to say Green Bay at this point.
3: All right, very good. Yeah, I, I don't know where to go with this next story, so I'm just going to throw it at you, Stampede, Pete, and let you do the work. Uh, <laughs> have you guys heard about uh, Kasim Osgood, the wide receiver for Tampa Bay, um, recently uh, had a, a home break-in, what happened to be, I think canoodling is, is the word we'll use here with a 19-year-old cheerleader. And, and uh, you know, yada, 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 jumped out the window. So uh, <laughs> what, what, do you think, what do you think went on here, Steve?
1: Well, first of all, you, I don't think you can yada, 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 an assault by a guy who comes in with, like, a gun or something like that. Uh, wasn't oh, the oh, story? You can
3: get, oh, can, you can do it.
1: <laughs> I mentioned the bisque. Um, I think I, I think wasn't the story that her bro,
2: her boyfriend came in with, like, a gun or something. Listen, guys, I DVR'd this episode of Law & Order, so please don't <laughs> reveal this for me. Yeah,
1: it, whatever it was, Kasima Osgood, awesome job. I just way to jump out a window to get away from a guy, the girlfriend, the cheerleader. First of all, are we at, you know, Bayside High? What is going on here? And second of all, I mean... It's just nuts. I mean, you know, thank God nobody was injured or whatever. This is, you know, serious business, but we're making light of it. But holy mackerel, you know, you should, ch- it just, it, the moral of the story is always make sure that the cheerleader that you're dating does not have a crazy ex-boyfriend. That's the <laughs> That's absolute. Words,
3: words to live by, words to live by, San Pete. <laughs> All right, let's finish with one more here. Um, you know, we don't talk a lot of golf on this program unless we're bumping Tiger Woods at the end. Uh, So the Ryder Cup, uh, Europe takes the crown. Uh, Tiger Woods was pretty respectable in this thing, Cal. Is this the type of springboard he needs? Uh,
2: Well, it it, it very well might be. Um, I think it
1: was. I I, I really think it was, Cal. I think it's a tremendously disappointing uh, Ryder Cup for the American team um, overall. But Tiger Woods played very well. Tiger Woods won his head-to-head uh, tiger Woods uh, got called out by Rory McIlroy, and uh, you saw the old fired-up Tiger, which uh, you know I think some of the golfers uh, in the Ryder Cup are probably going to be pretty pissed at Rory, Rory McIlroy for firing him up, because he seemed to really take issue with the idea that uh, Rory said I want him head-to-head and he's lost it and blah 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 blah. I think it could be a very good springboard. It was a good springboard for him uh, into the off season into next year. So I think. Uh, but a tremendously disappointing Ryder Cup for the U.S. team. I mean, that's just a terrible job. And uh, you know, Bubba Gump, uh, <laughs> Bubba Watson, cut your hair. I mean, really, dude, uh, you look silly. All right, that is all the time we have. I'm ready to unload with talent champion and Dr. Ray would Like to thank our callers, uh, Swamy from FFAdvisors.com, and Rocky from and, of course, T.J. from C.J., uh, Dr. Ray, final on He
2: doesn't have one. Cal, final on Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, I'm going to do I've
1: some of Good job, Wilfons. for the Now go hire John Daniels. Cal, uh, we'll see you next week. We're ready to unload. Have a great week, my brother.
0: Thanks,
1: everybody. All right. That is all the time we had live. Uh, Just uh, to let you know, uh, www.rtusports.com. There's some great blog unloads there in the blog spot. And uh, we'll be back at 9 o'clock next week for another episode. Thanks, everybody.